Cool. You ready, Matt? Yeah. <clears throat> you ready, Andrew? Yeah, you? Yeah, it's born ready, buddy. Oh, man. All right. Hey, we're going again with Max McDonald, special effects wizard, man. Oh. Welcome. Thanks for coming down. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, you almost have like a beard and hair of a wizard and everything. Yeah, I actually shaved last night because I didn't want to look like, I don't want to mention his name, but his initials are Randy. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Nobody else probably got it, but I got yeah. it. Oh, we all have whiskers. <laughs> D, did you shave today? Do you have whiskers? <laughs> D? So, Max, thank you. Um, uh, man, you've been around forever. Um, um, we've known each other a long, long time. Yeah. And I just, I, I just need some secrets revealed. Okay. So reveal something. Well, okay, well, first of all, your imagination is the flywheel and the ransack of machinery, the awful truth. That's secret number one. Yeah. yeah. Did you make that sound? That's very, very wizardy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, listen, how, when, how did it all start? Where are you from? Uh, basically Toronto. Uh, to, I moved, uh, my family moved around a lot, but uh, I kind of started, uh, I used to manage one of the large... Uh, guns and propellant stores okay. in Canada, and uh, we sell millions of dollars of the guns and some explosives as well. And uh, film guys, Frenchy, John yeah. Berger, used to come in and uh, I used to render his guns blank firing. And he also used to uh, buy a lot of uh, black powder from me. And I always wondered, you know, what they're doing. And I was used to shooting like you know two thousand rounds a week live ammo, you know, promoting guns and. That kind of thing. And I always thought, you know, shooting blanks, and it was a terrible thing to do to a gun to begin with. And, totally. <laughs> uh, and the black powder, they used to uh, tell me what they did with it, and I was thinking, oh, that's, you know, okay, whatever. Yeah. And then they invited me out to do a show called, uh, uh, I think Coup d'etat was up in Borden, and it was about a uh, coup d'etat in a, you know, Western country, I guess Canada. And... Uh, it was pretty low budget, and I was new to the film other than, you know, what I'd uh, listened to from uh, Frenchie and uh, what's Gary, uh, Gary, Gary was his partner back then, now he's, or he was head of transport. In any case, they got me out, and uh, I always thought it was a bit flaky, you know, shooting blanks and, you know, that kind of thing, and when I went out there, you know, I really thought, well, this is really flaky, you know. When they <laughs> told me what they were doing. Nothing was real, and it looks like that. And There's not a, enough Alec Baldwins out there. Yeah. yeah. So it was uh, uh, unusual. And then after I finished that, uh, they'd asked me again to do something, and I just said, no, that one experience was good enough for me. And um, then I got asked to... Uh, blow up something, you know, and uh, so I said, yeah, and uh, I blew it up and, you know, sort of took it from from there and I slowly got into it and, you know, French used to come in and Gary, when they didn't have any money, put their guns, leave their guns with me, I'd give them money and I'd just put them on the back rack and when they got a show, they'd come in and buy them back. Oh, that's and, interesting. And uh, so hmm. went on for that for... A firearms uh, uh, hunt, uh, what is it Pawn shop. Pawn yeah, shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But, uh, and then uh, I uh, got out of uh, uh, the guns and explosives business, started my own in uh, junk mail. I used to have 300 
17 of the most unemployable people in the world work for me. And, um, <laughs> you know, print it and deliver it, blah, blah. Yeah. And then I ended up selling that and made some good money. And I went down to the Caribbean for 18 months. And I thought, you know, they'll send me money. Of course, they ran the business into the ground. And uh, uh, I was... Uh, Sailed back to Toronto with 46 cents in my pocket in November and, and a great tan. And uh, <laughs> uh, I ran into a, um, a producer and he said, oh, yeah, we've been looking, uh, looking for you. You know, we were wondering about you. We, we got this show and blah, blah, blah. Will you come and do it type thing? Because, you know, I've done a few before I left and yeah. I, you know, I got fed up with it. And uh, uh, <clears throat> so I got that and I sort of went on from there. Right. It never ended. No, huh. and I got clothes because when I arrived, I had, like I said, 46 cents and shorts, tan yeah. in November. And yeah. uh, I yeah. actually landed in uh, Toronto Harbor, and the Harbor Master wanted me to leave. But under international law, if I'm having boat trouble, then I stayed there for two weeks and didn't pay the... The, uh, the slip fee? Yeah. Well, there was no slip fee. I just dropped the hook. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, so then I did... Uh, a couple of low-budget shows with them, and it sort of went on and on from there. So. And kind of grew. Yeah. That's interesting. What got you into the gun store? Like what? Uh, I've always been interested in guns. I've been hunting since I was a kid. So I you don't mean, look like a gun guy. Or no, no, I know. No, uh, that's he's like a ninja. <laughs> um, uh, my father and grandfather used to take me hunting. Uh, I think I shot my first moose and deer when I was twelve. Twelve and. They used to uh, have me uh, uh, clean them and then take them back because our closest neighbor was about 14 miles, so we'd have to bring all the meat out, and they had a big three-horsepower in this huge steel boat and take me all day to take the, you know, get it back to uh, where there was a road. So, But that's what sparked your interest in firearms in the yeah, first place. Yeah, uh, I was working, um, and uh, uh, my dad said... Uh, you know, this particular uh, Hal Sportagus was looking for uh, someone that knew something about guns because they couldn't really keep anyone that, you know, sort of had uh, uh, in-depth knowledge. And I did, so I started working there and then worked myself up <clears throat> when I worked there. And, uh, you know, I could do all the reloading. Uh, that was second nature to me. Uh, any gun I could take apart, put back together. Uh, and as far as explosives, my grandfather used to, we should steal all his dynamite and shit and uh, go out and take out beaver dams because he hated beavers and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So. Yeah, yeah. It's classic Why Canadian not? shit yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we used to actually ride our bikes, uh, <laughs> go and pick up the dynamite and then in the one bike and put the uh, initiators in the other bike. And uh, when I used to get it at uh, Home Hardware, the guys used to see us and just shake his head and start sweating or because we'd want to, you know, case, because dynamite's super cheap. Right? What, just a minute, what did you get at Home Hardware? Dynamite. They had a magazine <laughs> in, uh, out back. Really? Yeah. At Home Hardware? Yeah, and if you bought, uh, let's say, 10 sticks, he'd have to sit there and number them all, but we'd buy like a case, and uh, there'd be like anywhere from 250 to 277 in a case, and he wouldn't have to mark every piece, he'd just mark the outside of the case. So. You can't even buy firecrackers now. I yeah. know. Home, Home hardware. hardware. Yeah, Selling is... dynamite since 1802. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, a commercial. It'd be like, you know, not real powerful stuff, but 60-40, right. 70-30. Yeah. Know? And uh, 
we'd go and have some fun with it. You know, it was Sounds like, like second it. nature. Yeah, so. But uh, the home hardware in Sunridge, Ontario, uh, used to sell dynamite. And you had to be 16 or get a note from your dad or some shit. Yeah, you, you know? need a note, <laughs> for sure. We used to write our own notes. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Well, I did it once, right? To yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's easy to tell that guns and explosives can get you where you are today. Yeah. Um, you know, it's easy to see the bridge. Um, but yeah, what 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 got into what what got you into special effects? Well, it was more sort of a natural thing. I'd gotten kind of tired of dealing with uh, certain people in the gun community, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Everyone's an expert, and you hear the same story a billion times, right? Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah I know that guy. Yeah. And uh, it was just something uh, different, and I'd done a little bit of it, uh, you know, uh, or learned a bit of it from, uh, you know, uh, John. And uh, uh, they just asked me on board, and it seemed sort of natural. I was mechanically inclined, and some of the things they were doing, I needed to, to refine to their uh, uh, specifications, right? I knew how to do it safely, whatever it was. Right. You know? And I was used to doing the real stuff, and they weren't doing the real stuff. But having said that, they were still dealing in, you know, a significant power in some some form or other and close uh, proximities and things like that. But so. movies, they do it more for visual. Yeah, As exactly. opposed to the actual real effect of the explosive yeah and you want to uh, make it as slow as possible because you know the uh, camera doesn't see anything over 250 feet a second let's say so if you're doing an explosion what you want to do is use uh, uh, very little or as little as possible and weaken the structure so the camera actually sees it if you go high speed you know that's a different uh, right uh, kettle of fish you know i did a show uh, d-day to victory where we used all uh, equivalents to the the real stuff that they used in the Second World War, you know, so TNT, ammonium nitrate, uh, PETN powder, and we used live ammo. So you had to be a lot more careful with that. Than but that was the point of that show, right? Yeah, exactly. To actually replicate what would really happen with this using the real munitions that actually real hit explosives, it. Real explosives, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah so it was, uh, they built a whole town for me uh, boats they gave me a bridge they gave me three real tanks two shermans and a leopard i turned into a quote tiger tank and you know i took them all out you know as they would in the second world war so what it was was uh, archival footage uh, and they had uh, canadians british and russians they said what happened and then uh, we simulated uh, as real as possible to that. They threw a grenade. Uh, I made the equivalent of a grenade. Uh, there was a scene where they dropped uh, a uh, V2 rocket came in with a thousand kilograms of high explosives in a church. And two doors down, there was a th- movie theater, or maybe a block down, was a movie theater. And it was described by a, a uh, Canadian Marine. <clears throat> he says, and it was, I think, in, uh, uh, I forget the town in Holland or the city in Holland, but they received more B-2 and B-1 rockets than London, Amsterdam, I think it was, or another, 
I think Amsterdam, yeah. In any case, he went into the theater and everyone, 70, 80 people were dead in there and the light was still on, you know, with the uh, uh, theater and they were all covered in dust. Some of them even have their eyes open. They had their wine and chocolates and stuff there and they had to take all the dead bodies out and he had fought all through D-Day. He was at Juno Beach and everything else and he said it still disturbs him to this day taking out uh, those people so the v2 rocket came down destroyed the church they built me a church i destroyed the church the blast wave came through and uh, um, uh, killed everyone in the uh in the, the theater. theater you know turned the, their guts into jelly a block away uh, a block or two away so basically we put in some uh you know, some balloons, obviously, with blood, and they filmed at high speed. We also had ballistics gel, stuff like that. And uh, so, and then the uh, veteran said, we recreated to the equivalent of what it was. So, and we did wow. this with a number of, uh, I'll, send, I'll send you the, uh, uh, there's a Vimeo promotional little, uh, reel from uh, Jeremy Benning, who uh, actually shot it. And we used five phantoms uh, and a gold, and then some camera from England that was uh, uh, 7,500 frames a second. So they yeah. actually caught. And for those who are listening that don't know, a phantom is an incredibly high speed camera. Yeah, and there was about a million bucks each, and of course I couldn't, you know, destroy any of them. So yeah. I made housings for them and put them really close. But some of the footage is uh, one of a kind. No one's ever done it. So it was kind of. Uh, uh, it was a challenge, but I was kind of used to that from my original days where, you know, uh, I'm not using, you know, uh, 16 ounces of black powder. I'm using 16 pounds or 1,000 right. pounds of... Uh, You're not doing the, the film... Yeah, this wasn't Hollywood. Right. This, it wasn't, it wasn't. It was, you know, there was no yeah. actors involved. Uh, and uh, uh, But there was a crew there. And I probably went through... 10, maybe 20,000 rounds of uh, different live ammo. Armor piercing and senuary, you know, shot it at night. Uh, really? All kinds of, you know, big caliber stuff that I had to make and reload. And because they had the guns, they just didn't have the ammo. And then I brought up a lot of ammo from the States. And I have a special license, you know, for control goods. So I could bring up some pretty weird shit. And uh, they really loved it, uh, you know. Even the military out there, the base commander and the the uh, guy in charge of targeting, the sergeant major, the premier, and uh, some other you know political bigwigs came out and they were amazed at <clears throat> what we were doing and uh, our safety protocol and everything else. Even though I was dealing with film people and there was a couple that were. Uh, let's say uh, not up to speed, and uh, there was a, uh, and I sort of pissed off uh, the showrunner because I wouldn't let her on set, or the art department because uh, I had everyone tagged and I had safety procedures and they ignored them and I said you only do that once because you're out of here. So I'd have them drive like two miles out to the main road, then I'd do the effect and then I'd have to come back and every time when I first told them that uh, said we're gonna have you fired and everything I said, well, you go right ahead because it's my way or the highway yeah totally and, uh, uh, so uh, uh, E1 phoned me uh, that was running it and said whatever you say goes uh, we've heard all this you know complaints and I said listen 
if you can hear it, you're alive. It's when you don't hear it, you're dead. And I'm not interested in hurting anyone. I don't care about their feelings, of course. I don't mind hurting them. Uh, and uh, I told them, it's just like, nothing's going to happen. You don't want to follow what I say and the safety procedures. You're not going to be here. Yeah. Then the base commander came. That's right. Well, don't hurt any turtles. This guy loved fucking turtles. He shut the whole <laughs> love show down. Loved fucking turtles or loved fucking yeah. turtles? Well, he's, I don't know. What he does on weekends. <laughs> Whatever it is. He said, don't hurt any turtles. So he actually shut the production down because they found two turtles overturned on the road and with damage to their underside. Ooh, and he got a, uh, you know, a, a fucking turtle expert in. Were they shell-shocked? They were. <laughs> oh. Damn. Yeah, I made that up on my own. If you want to start that, I can give you a lot more of that. You won't like it. Um, but they uh, determined that an otter had ate them, so he'd let me go do anything I want. Oh, wow. But, uh, and uh, they gave me carte blanche. It was funny. Uh, when I originally it was going out there, and you got to remember the people I was dealing with were... Um, the guys from England were actually pretty good because they would uh, uh, kind of done something... Not quite well, similar, but not, you know, at the uh, scale. So they sort of understood. And the people I was dealing with, they just put, you know, a bean counter there. And uh, that's all she cared about. She didn't know uh, vehicles had gas tanks. Why are you putting gas in your you know, blah, blah, <laughs> you know, that kind of shit. And, you know, you'd have to walk 10 minutes to get a drink of water because she didn't want, uh, you know, water bottles on set or, you know. And it's you know, summer, and uh, I won't. Uh, should I mention her name? Hmm, no. Um, <laughs> in any case, uh, when I ordered the stuff, I ordered like 10,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate, and I forget how much dead cord, some ridiculous amount of the stuff they call mean green, 400 grain. It's, you know, plus, I ordered these booster chargers that are like Coke cans, but they're full of PETN, which is goes off at 22 thousand feet a second which is 10 times faster than a rifle bullet and i used that to boost the ammonium nitrate because you know i didn't want to fuck around and uh, i had to do you know these huge bombing runs 500 pound bombs that they dropped in the pelly's pocket you know against the germans when they're trying to escape out of normandy so I was simulating that with all these old trucks i even built a a couple of uh, like, uh i took a three-town 1940s uh ford that didn't run, and I put it on a uh, six-ton bulldozer uh, body and uh, vaporized that. So it was uh, man, right on. Uh, <laughs> you gotta see the videos. Uh, really, it, it's incredible. Yeah. So I pre- oh yeah. So in any case, when I was ordering this <clears throat> stuff, uh, I uh, phoned uh, uh, Ministry of uh, Natural Resources and uh, you know said, "This is what I'm doing," type thing. Well, after that, I got about three or four phone calls from some agencies I'd never heard of. And I was like, I guess CSIS, U.S. State Department, and you know, a few other people. And I can tell you for sure that they don't have a fucking sense of humor. Yeah, They were dead serious about why you didn't buy it. And I said, well, I'm doing a film, it's blah, blah, and this is where I'm doing it. And I had permission from uh, you know, the base at uh, Gagetown. And uh, it was the only place in Canada where I could do it. Uh, uh, Beeford and all the other bases would only allow 25 pounds or 25 kilograms, I forget which, uh, of high explosives. So that was, you know, next to useless. I went through. Yeah, I mean, when you mentioned ordering that much uh, 
ammonium nitrate and then all the debt court, it's got to start setting bells and whistles off in somebody's office. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Yeah. You know, well, I went fishing with a guy that's all I, uh, the only thing I understood with him was mackerel. He couldn't get out of uh, the North Cape, so I took two cases of dynamite and blew all the ice so we could go. And then he took me fishing. The guy's had <laughs> fingers like bananas. And oh all God. I ate was mackerel the whole time. So uh, I guess I digressed there. Right? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be careful what I say. Yeah, for sure. In any case, uh, it came in and it was all, you know, uh, escorted and this, that, and the other. And when I, I just told my guys, as soon as they crossed into Gateshead, they have a whole different law there, uh, you know, military law and uh, or regulations or rules or whatever. And they give me carte blanche, I throw it on the uh, pickup trucks, get it in, and we just load after load. We had a an old magazine they had. We stored, you know, certain there and initiator somewhere else and uh, went to town but uh, it was quite an experience and no one's ever sort of uh, done that effect that I know of anywhere can people listening to this can they see this anywhere like the yeah D-Day to Victory I've got a lot of uh, D-Day to Victory victory. go on Vimeo you can pick up Jeremy Benning and he said after uh, we did this uh, it sort of his phone didn't stop, you know, uh, with the kind of footage they got. So mm-hmm. it's really high-speed footage. Uh, some of the flame stuff is shot too fast because flames don't do very well. But uh, high explosives, when you get up around 2,500 to 5,000 feet a second, you see all the detail. And the faster you go, the less you can lie. Like in film, you know, you can lie about kind of everything you do as far as the explosions or... You know, if you look in the monitor, it looks like lots of jeopardy. But of course, when you uh, are there, you think that's it. You yeah, know, yeah, hundred yeah, percent well, for sure. Big deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but this was uh, kind of the real thing. If uh, uh, I made all kinds of uh, bunkers for people, and I was dead serious that uh, even though, like, I'm easy to get along with. People really, really like me, or they love me. There's no in between, right? Are you digressing so again? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm digressing. <laughs> um, but out there, they had to take me serious, and if you didn't, you weren't going to be there. Right. It's that simple. It makes sense. And if you want to get rid of me, that's fine. You know, Max, take... bring, bring this closer if you can. Yeah, yeah you, you can swing it if you want to lean back like that. Yeah, just yeah. bring it in. Uh, yeah, Thank so you. it's. Uh, I'm easy to get along with. Uh, I always feel sorry for the director in so much as you know, they have... Uh, a time constraint and uh, uh, they have to fight with every department to get what they want. I never feel that way when I go in. I anything you want, that's fine. You want to blow up the CN Tower? I'll do that for you. Go talk to production. Let them give you the bad news about how much it's going to cost or the cleanup and stuff like that. Totally. Yeah. And the other thing I do is if I can't do it that way, I'll give you three or four other options that you can do that gives you the same... Uh, uh, same sort of effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, when uh, when a young guy gets into the business, uh, they're usually doing smoke or holding a fan or something. You're, yeah. You it don't de- seem like the guy that did that. No, and uh, when I hire people... He started off blowing shit up. <laughs> yeah, he just When I hire people, I, I don't expect them to do that either. If you're, no offense against the union, there's lots of good things about the union. I don't know any of them. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, it, the thing is, everyone tends to... Hmm, 
want the limelight or you know totally uh, you know uh, i'm the private guy i'm this or that you work for me you do it all i don't care if you're pushing a button doing a smoke machine if you get on that board and do it then you're going to do it so i let them do everything and i don't care who you are but if you prove not to be trustworthy then right well, of course he's asked to, he's gonna have to prove yeah. or she to get on the button in the first place yeah, yeah. and it's not being on the button the, uh, the real talent is not doing something so let's say you have using a pegboard let's say you have five pegs yeah the guy's running and he doesn't hit his mark it's the idea that you go boom 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 and then you can stop and you take your yeah right. so yeah. wicked sense and you gotta make that split decision and there's some people that can do it and there's some people that can't and the people that can't i just i still let them do the board because it's fun and it's not pushing a button and you know uh staying in your ticky tacky box yeah uh, actually this is something that we've never talked about on the podcast uh even though this often involves stunt guys with uh with squibs and things like mm -hmm. that um can you explain the board a little bit for anyone that's uh yeah listening the the board's pretty old-fashioned uh you have it's called a nail board mm -hmm. of course i use pegs and uh you have holes so you have a peg that goes in that hole you put uh, the positive wire in that hole then the negatives all go together because it's common and then that just goes to a battery whether you do 12 volt 24 or 72 depending on how far the line goes and then you have a peg in your other hand that goes on the positive and as you touch uh, your nails pegboard uh, it uh, sends a charge down the line to uh, initiate the event right on yeah so that's old-fashioned mm -hmm. the thing about the old-fashioned is who's ever on the board uh, there's no excuse uh, if you're using electronic which everyone does now i still use pegboards i use electronic when necessary or holotrons but if you make a mistake it's you it's nothing to do with electronics or anything you have a peg in your hand uh, or a striker in your hand you have a peg on the board you touch the two goes boom and uh, if totally you, you screw that up, then yeah, what you said made sense because you know you go, you're paying a pegboard, and you get into the into the habit of boom, 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 boom down the line. Right. But that guy falls down, and his face yeah, is on top on of the something. next charge. Yeah. You can't continue that habit. You got to pull yeah, it away. Exactly. Or a lot of them will put it on an automatic sequencer that uh, everything's perfect. Well. Everything's not perfect, and even if it's one out of a thousand or one out of a million, it doesn't go in numerical order. So you have to be paying attention all the time. That's why when people talk to me on the pegboard, uh, I don't listen to anything except stop or cut, you know. And I watch the event the whole time. And uh, it's not that I'm rude to people; is that that's my uh, uh, that's your focus. That's uh, what that's it, and that's what's important. And, and I've seen a lot of guys, uh, you know, s screw up uh, in different ways with uh, any automatic stuff. Having a pegboard is pretty tough to screw up because it's, uh, uh, I guess it's the old saying, keep it simple, stupid. Especially if it's a real dangerous event. Uh, sometimes you have to use a, a, a blaster, which has a... Um, condenser in it that uh, uh, that uh, you initiate and then it uh, like if you're blasting explosives and stuff and it's one at a time I even have a plunge one and I let the guys use that to prove that uh, what you could do with a pegboard or 12 volt or 24 volt battery doesn't work 
uh, with uh, certain uh, distances. Uh, so, you know, if you take a typical blaster, old-fashioned push-down, you know, wily coyote kind of mm -hmm. thing, uh, you can go two and a half miles with that. There's wow. no amps, lots of voltage, and if you touch the two uh, uh, ends, it'll put you right on your ass, right? Because it's got that much voltage. But it'll go the distance. Uh, and when I was doing D-Day to Victory, that's all I used out there was uh, blasters because uh, they'll, and solid wire is another thing as opposed to in film and television, a lot of people use braided wire, like uh, 22 gauge speaker wire and stuff like that. Well, you can't go the distance with that because it's so much resistance. You got to go more and more with the voltage. Whereas solid wire, you can, I wouldn't say go forever, but going two, three kilometers with it, not a problem. Wow. That's interesting. That is interesting. Wow. Well, it's all, you know. Now, when you, hire, when you hire somebody on the team, do they have to enjoy bombing no exploding shit and no there's uh, i got people that you know just love to be there and uh tinker weld uh make things uh you gotta watch when you get people in or effects guys that are mm, kind of cowboyish you know they want to do that oh, let's blow up this let's do that and mm -hmm. they think more is you know go big or go home well right that's, right right that's not true what you want to do is play to the camera and what the camera can see. Yeah. You know, I see a lot of explosions and by, you know, big name uh, effects guys that uh, you may as well put a white piece of paper in front of the camera, pull it away and show the aftermath. I'm like, why do it? You know, I've uh, been on a few that uh, they've asked me for my advice. They haven't taken my advice and they ended up being unusable because, like I said, it's, uh, you just don't see it. Yeah. Uh, or it looks big uh, in person. You're there and you go, wow. Or if you don't know any better, you go, wow. Uh, but you look at the, you know, the monitor or the cameras and you think, well, that didn't work. <laughs> you know. You ever kill a director's dream because he wanted to see something big? Or uh, she? Yeah. Uh, no, I wouldn't think so. I usually talk him into... Because uh, I always ask, where's the camera going to be? What lens are you using? Not that I'm a pro at lenses or anything. But, no, but I get it yeah, for sure. Yeah. You want to play to play to what they want. You know, I had uh, I did a thing called... Uh, it's a video game for Star Wars. And uh, mm -hmm. this guy wanted a huge uh, uh, explosion. And I said, yeah, I'll give you that. And I explained how... And one of the bad guys' ships comes down, crashes, and then there's all these explosions and he showed me where they were and then uh, the, the hero runs through the, the area and there's huge explosions next to him and I was in a, a parking lot uh, on Commissioner Street and they dug, actually dug holes because I said you got to dig some holes here to protect the actor and they did these three foot holes and then they were going to pave over so they had money but when I did the explosion and I went through probably 100 pounds of black powder and different size bombs and uh, different configurations of mortars and that. But they never told me there was going to be a green screen 20 feet behind uh -huh. it. And I'm using these huge fireballs and stuff. And they brought these green screens in from Australia. They were in 40-foot uh, containers, and they had their own structure to hold them up and stuff. And when I got there, you know, I'd make tons of bombs and stuff. And I said, well, well 
what's this shit? And they said, well, that's the green screen. I said, well, isn't it a little close, <laughs> you know, type thing? And, uh, and so, you know, I reoriented everything, and then I did a sequence where it went boom, 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 as the spaceship was rolling along the ground. And he came up to me, he says, I love that. He says, uh, and it took hours and hours to do it. And lucky, I'd had a bunch of people, and they were just making me bombs, so I had lots left over. And he said, no, no, let's try all at once, you know, like, you can do it in five minutes or something. I'm thinking all at once because I'm really worried about burning the green screen right now. <laughs> and I was using these huge sparks, like you know, like a DSC, like a you see ones and you know halves and quarters. Well, I have these fives. You have to put them in mortars, and they're just like evil motherfuckers, right? Dang, yeah. And they go forever, and That's they awesome. are hot, and they are loud. Even I think they're loud, and I'm deaf. You know. <laughs> <laughs> One this ear. is why you're deaf. Yeah, 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 one yeah. Ear. No, actually, I'm deaf because uh, uh, I think it was in grade nine we made nitroglycerin in the uh, uh, what in uh, grade nine. <laughs> in any case, uh, we were talking. Yeah, I was looking at the meniscus the Home Depot. going up, and yeah. it turned dark purple. And I was reading about it. You know, actually, that's when they had books uh, back then, and uh, and it. I saw the passage where do not let this go purple, and I'm looking at him. It's very dark purple, and I guess it went down, <laughs> blew the um, uh, uh, you know the glass tube I was holding over the fire, which I shouldn't have been, and got me in the arm, got me in the chest, and uh, it uh, blew up the back wall, and uh, I put a piece of glass in the teacher's uh, arm as well. And uh, and ever since then, I had real hard to hear out of my left ear, so it didn't happen at work, I guess. <laughs> but in any case, it uh, in training. Yeah, it's training. Yeah, uh, training. In any case, uh, I got this together real quick because you know I thought, hey, it is what it is, and then you know I banked everything towards uh, the crowd as opposed to the green screen because I figured you could always replace the crowd. That's. Yeah, yeah, that 100%. affects human. That's yeah. hilarious, actually. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, but, but people don't realize that are listening to this, uh, people that aren't in the film industry, that some, that for the most part, you will direct your explosions away from. Oh yeah, always. Yeah. I mean, you can almost a stunt guy stands there, and the explosion is blasting either backwards or sideways away from him. Yeah. Well, as a stunt guy, I've been close to a lot of explosions, and I mean. Yeah, they really are hot, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's hot stuff, few. man. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, some of them are. And I've never had a stunt guy give me a hard time about, uh, uh, you know, the explosions I've done. And I've done them pretty close. I remember, uh, uh, this guy's dead now. Nothing to do with me. Um, <laughs> but uh, we were doing this thing where uh, he comes up and uh, rings the doorbell and the whole front of the building explodes and I couldn't hurt the building so I took out the windows and had huge propane cannons there and that's his first time up you, you know the guy I used to work with Shane all the time he was like Shane's uh, you know make me a ramp do this do that oh yeah I know I, I, uh, it would have Gary? it'll come to me yeah Gary yeah he just uh, died uh, two years ago all of a sudden uh -huh. but in any case he always wanted to be stunt guy but he was he was never very good at anything right anything I ever did with him it's like this is gonna fuck up <laughs> you know that kind of thing so 
any case, he's sitting there and he's really nervous. And so they got a tag on him. And the idea is the building blows up. He goes all across the front yard and then lands on a, a car. And then I caved the car in, right? And uh, of course, this is in the old days when I used to you know, really fuck with him, right? And I tell him he's the bravest motherfucker I've ever met and hope this works and that kind of thing. And you could see him just, you know, like get it, just a, oh, he ended up wetting himself, right? On, after the blast. So the idea is they yank him as they boom it. And uh, this plane followed them all the way out to the car and then stopped about five feet away. And he <laughs> so he told me it was quite the experience after, but he didn't really feel the heat. Wait, sorry. So was he on a wire, you said? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And they had a big crane. Yeah. So yeah. they, they tagged him up. up. Oh, okay. And okay. Was, and uh, I blew the windows. <laughs> yeah, I just put rubber glass and. Uh, and I didn't tell him it was actually rubber glass. Like Shane knew I was screwing with him. Yeah. And he said it was okay. You know, that kind of thing. Of course. Not That's that hilarious. I'd listen to him either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forget his name. Gary? No. Uh, doesn't matter. But in any case, uh, I've done a lot of those where, you know, come close. But the whole idea is, and they had see old crash boxes and everything else with the IMOs and stuff uh, close up. And look good, you know. Curtis Peterson was shooting it, so. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. okay, that tells the story. <laughs> it was a North Star uh, <laughs> thing. Was, uh, uh, God, I wish I could remember the guy's name. Uh, doesn't matter. He was a good guy, and he was all humor, but when they got him off the car, they loved everything. But uh, in the first AD, he nudges me and says, he wet himself. <laughs> yeah, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> that means it went well. Right yeah. Now. Uh, now, was that all in one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Well, no, they, I, I'm just imagining. Yeah. Do it in a one or. Do they even do, I mean, yeah, do they do shit like that no, really anymore? No. Not really. No, well, I couldn't imagine. That, they, they don't even. Uh, I feel like plate shot. Pull them. Plate shot. Yeah. Blast yeah, the windows. Blast the walls. Yeah. Blast one or two windows. Yeah. yeah. Turn around, have them land on the car. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not. Uh, it's definitely changed a lot. And the other thing is, uh, uh, as talented as they are today, a lot of times they don't know any better. That's the only way they know how to do it. Totally, totally, that makes sense. Filmmakers or stunt people? Uh, film. The older stunt people know. Right. Uh, the right. filmmakers don't. You, sometimes you talk to them, and you know, I may as well phone my fucking cat. Yeah. Know. Well, if you can't shoot blanks anymore, and that's been going on, let's say, for three years, and then you're a new director, mm -hmm. that's your thing. That's how you know. That's what you know. Yeah, but you, you, you got to think about this logically. Uh, if you can't shoot blanks anymore, we've shot millions upon millions of blanks over the years. We do things that are inherently dangerous. We probably have the best safety record of any industry in mm -hmm. the world. Totally. Like uh, GM or whatever, kiss the ground you walk on. And you have one incident where someone's done something illegal, stupid. It's like making murder doubly legal, you know, like Yeah. What what are you yeah, talking yeah. about? Yeah. Shit happens. You know, it's like when the girl got hit by the train. Terrible tragedy. They didn't have a permit to be there. That's they didn't right. have anyone looking after her. But, you know, the camera department mourns for two, three years about it and yeah, it's a tragic, but they don't give a shit about the 40,000 people that die every well, day. Well, and what's weird, too, is it becomes sure. like uh, it's it, they, they, they pool uh, small independents with studio 
with everybody. Everybody's just all together now. Mm. You you do something stupid on a set with no budget. Yeah. And people that don't know everything, and it becomes a thing for everybody. everybody. Well, not only that, they come out with the wrong information, just whatever suits them. You know, I've been a victim of that where, you know, someone said to me about something and it really didn't have anything to do with me. It didn't, it didn't, but I wasn't responsible for it. So, where'd you get the story from? You know, mm. all of a sudden, all gun guys are bad and some are good, or what's the deal? All effects guys are. You know, uh, you know. Uh, I'm sure stunts will tell you, effects guys that are good and effects guys that aren't good. And I can tell you, stunt guys that are good and totally. stunt guys that aren't. You don't hit your mark, and I tell mm -hmm. them every time. You know, even actors, the trick is to hit your mark. You know, if you can do that every time, I can trust you're going to be there. And a good stunt guy will hit his mark every time. If he's there, boom, it goes. Big if he's time. not, you know, you got to be able to say no. You know, that kind of thing. For sure. And then get yelled at. You know, I've been yelled at tons of times. I don't give a shit. You know, if you're not on the, the mark or if I don't feel it's safe or there's something wrong, no. You get it right, I'll do it. You get it wrong, I'm not doing it. Trouble is, you get, you know, I'm not saying this generation, but I've noticed it because, you know, there's no generation after me, I guess. You know, like, I mean, is that they, they always say, yes under pressures instead of saying no you know right. i have a, uh, a director and a producer come up to me and say you're going to do this and i'll say no uh, we got to do it this way that's something i don't say i'm not comfortable with it. i didn't say that that's fucking stupid not only that i'll be the first one in court to testify against you all of a sudden reality hits them and you know but most stunt guys know enough experienced ones know enough to say that you know, you, that's uh, that's not right. That's unsafe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that's something that uh, you and another number of friends of mine in your industry uh, that I, it appeals to me is your confidence um, of experience and the years that you put in. I've watched you. I've been in your presence when you've said similar things to producers and directors. All right. That it is not happening. No. Well, that, and now that's what it is, though. It is a confidence. You, you just have a confidence. You know exactly what works and what doesn't. Young people and are afraid of being frozen out. Like, yeah. you know, if I say no to you, oh, I'll never work for you. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you see a lot of that. Uh, at least I do. And I always think, you know, oh, and they think it's more important for them to like them than to do a good job. You right. Know, that kind of thing. Or a safe job, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I just did an, uh, an insurance, uh, insurance phone me and said, can you look at this? Uh, this was done and there's a $1.7 million uh, uh, claim, but they made it way after the event type thing. And I said, yeah, but I don't want to mention names or anything else. I'll go I'll look at it and I'll tell you what happened and you can take it from there type thing. And then they said, well, you'll have to testify in court. You may have to testify, and I said that's fine. I'll testify exactly my experience, what I saw, and what the end result was. I have no problem with that. But you know, I'm not interested in you know rat fucking anyone uh, uh, with something. But I'll give you an honest opinion about you know what was what. I've done similar things yeah. two times in my career. Yeah. People have I've been called by lawyers in court or whatever, yeah. Yeah. and I've read the thing and my professional opinion yeah well i think you have to you want to keep uh, uh you know you want to keep it where uh, the whole industry isn't dominated by rust 
or you know some other idiotic thing where you know uh, for the thousands or millions of inherently dangerous things we've done yeah there is the odd accident and that's why they call it accident but there also is uh, uh, stupidity and uh, negligence as well and mm -hmm. if that's the case then people should be charged with exactly that you know but our record is you know pretty uh, amazing what i'm yeah. noticing now and i've mentioned this on this podcast before is that young producers are coming out of school or wherever they come from i don't care where they come from they really don't know what they're asking they don't know how to vet a stunt mm -hmm. coordinator or a special effects coordinator and young people with a really good you know sales pitch will go in and bullshit their way into a job because the person that's listening to that bullshit has no idea that that's bullshit. Yeah. And everybody goes to work and all they're getting is bullshit. And that's where people but see at the hurt. end of the day, the film industry started by some kid picking up a camera, you know, or some guy picks up a camera and he didn't, there was no rules at all. Hmm. And they just, and we slowly had to recreate them. And today, unfortunately, whether you go to school or not, if you go if you go to school you might learn a few things about what it means to be on set maybe I don't know but if you don't go to school and you're just starting out picking up a camera gathering a few people how how, do, how does anyone know there's no there's no whiteboard that has the rules you know yeah but there's a thing called common sense seems to be lacking well yeah there's a bit of that a bit of that you, know, you have sure. the technical aspect of it and then you know we're not doing anything new. It's been yeah, done yeah. before. You're not reinventing the wheel. No, 100%. So there's a way of doing things. And uh, if you start reinventing the wheel, like, you know, I'm not saying there's, you know, there's directors out there that want to be unique and uh, great. And some of them are, but most of them aren't. They're just taking it from totally yeah. know, someone else's idea and, uh, you know, doing that. So, and there's a way of doing things where, you know, you get a lot of inexperienced directors wanting to do everything in a wonder. I understand the wonder thing, but a lot of times you break it up because you're cutting it up anyhow, and you're, you know, you know, you don't have to uh, in some cases. And some cases it looks you know very cool, and if you can do it, then great. If you can't do it, where, you know, if it's a chance of uh, not getting it, especially if you're limited budget, so you want to be sure you got it. So you shoot it this way and. You got it. You shoot it the other way. You may have to try three or four times. Uh, you have, uh, you know, situations where they get people that they pay them twenty bucks an hour, and they want them to, uh, you know, do all kinds of things that uh, they're not qualified to do. You know, so I mean, and you got to listen to the the pros. And you know, uh, Randy's right. You know, bullshit baffles brains. Uh, I just went through one where I listened to someone bullshit them. They totally loved them and thought they walked on water. And I thought they were an idiot, you know. So I, I can't come up and say, listen, yeah. you know, you've been doing this a long time and, you know, you can bullshit them. That's fine. I don't care. You bullshit them all you want. Just don't bullshit them in front of me, please, you know. And then they get their back up and say, this isn't bullshit. And yeah, it is. And on the day, you'll see it's bullshit. And however you get out of that is how you get out of it. But. Don't get me going down that lane. You know, there's a lot of people that are great to work with, and they know their stuff. And it's like, not that it's a no-brainer. It's such a pleasure to work with them that, uh, uh, 
you know, they they know their job, you know your job, and you know you can help them as a team effort to to do it. Because you got to think, the director's always fighting for his vision, money, time, every department. You don't want to be part of his problem. You want to be part of the solution. And that always feels good. And that's why I do a lot of, uh, you know, I do four or five freebies a year. I do lots of independent because it's like making film. And I also could go out and do a lot of uh, big union shows, get a big paycheck, but, you know, not the same thing. You're not actual filmmaking. You know, I prefer going out with a bunch of people that are enthusiastic about uh, what mm-hmm. they're doing. Oh, well, the, yeah, 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 the project. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but when you run into uh, you know, people, and this is a big problem now, or has been for a while, but uh, uh, people know about more about their entitlements than they know about their job. You know, I got hired to do, in a certain union, I, I used to get hired to do the dangerous stuff. And if it works, they get the credit. If it doesn't work, I get the blame kind of thing. Mm. I didn't care. You know, I'd <laughs> go out and do it. But, you know, I had people that were, quote, uh, uh, in their category that didn't know how to work a drill. I had one guy that didn't know how to mix sand and water. And, you know, in... I needed to, you know, pack some orders with some sand and water. And I said, go make me some wet sand, right? And uh, after about 20 minutes, I'm wondering, where the fuck is this guy? <laughs> so I walk over and he's trying to, he's got a five-gallon bucket. He's got water on top of the sand. He's trying to stir it and the water won't go in. And I looked at him and I, like I said, are you fucking with me? Like, <laughs> are you serious? I said, get the fuck out of here. You can't talk to me like that. I'm a... And I have more seniority than you, and maybe, whatever. And I go over and I pack all the bombs with the thing, and I'm thinking, holy fuck, I mean, that's weird. But there was a guy up from the big studios, and uh, he was kind of watching this, and he put tape around where myself and uh, a guy that works with me uh, was, and, uh, and ordered all the six or eight effects guys that the union set out, don't cross this line. <laughs> so I ended up doing the whole thing myself. All the windows, three cars blow up, and you know, it went fine. But you can't have uh, someone that <clears throat> knows more about their entitlements. So they should learn their job. You know? And uh, that's the real thing. And if you spot that, it's like it, on the day if you're doing something kind of big, uh, you can't afford to teach them a and watch him the whole time. So you want to get people that you can trust, even if it's one. I don't need six. I need one that knows what they're doing and I can trust, you know. And that one could be Luke, huh? It could be anyone, yeah. Not Luke? Could be you. I don't want to be. Well, I guess it's not Luke. I don't know how to mix sand and water. <laughs> Use the force, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. We're probably all over the place here. Well, <laughs> whatever. No, it's great. I, yeah, yeah, I, I like it. We're just talking about movies and stuff. Uh, you know, that's that's it. Um, so you lit Andrew on fire a while back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for doing great. it. Yeah, yeah. I wish uh, somebody had told me it was going to happen, but yeah. I appreciate it. Oh, <laughs> nothing wrong with surprise. Yeah, sneak up. Yeah, uh, and uh, you some new stuff on you? Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, Any, I was gonna ask. Uh, in the old days, they used to use, you know, contact cement, uh, you know, vicious fumes from it, and it burns really hot. So what I use now is a, 
a thing called Bentone, and I'll give you, give you guys a bucket. And basically, Bentone's uh, sort of the main uh, base for makeup. You can ask Randy for his uh, yeah. base makeup, you know, like... Uh, That's why I look like this. You know, the, yeah, yeah, uh, you're gorgeous. I don't forget what the, you know, when you powder yourself. Sure, yeah. sure. You sure. White stuff. Well, I think it's no. brown. No. Anyways, oh, I mix that I with uh, some <laughs> kerosene, and it's kind of really weird stuff. And it's like a paste, but it's it'll burn and stay on vertical. You know, that's why they use the okay. contact cement that we used to call special effects burning gel. Yeah, you should take the label off the can. (laughs) That's right, and then print special effects burning gel. Oh my God! And then uh, you don't have to call me that, but my grandmother used to call me Jesus Christ a lot. Where was I? Oh yeah, bentone. Anyways, that's a a very little kerosene and uh, some water, and just a little bit of water. But the magic happens when you put about a capful of acetate in it right at the end, and then it gels. So you can actually pick it up and smear it, and and it burns fairly cool, as you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. You know, compared to special contact burning gel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Um, now, what, what, you know, why do stunt guys have uh, problems with effects doing stuff like that, and effects have problems with maybe stunts? I don't know if they do, but sometimes stunt guys have uh, or stunt crews that like to rig. And all yeah. the shit. What is that? Do you know anything well, about yeah, this? It's, what it's is this? More about ego than anything else. I mean, we all operate on our ego, and it's to what degree. Right. I'd rather, uh, if someone knows what they're doing, and you know, work together, get it done, and yeah, it looks great. As soon as you get into people like you know, I was telling you about uh, uh, Trailer Park Boys when you know the stunt guys got all pissy and walked off, and then he came to me and said, "Can you do it?" I said, "Sure." You know, what I mean, right. I didn't want to do it, but uh, what that happened wasn't there? The plan. What happened? There? Oh, just there was a gag that had to be done, and stunt guys bagged off. Yeah. Why? Just, just because they didn't think they could pull this? it off. Yeah. And the producer oh, oh, is for real. Oh, uh, and the producer is hmm, a little unforgiving. Plus, he likes me. He just thinks I'm off the wall. You know, so. And we know you are. Yeah. Oh, there you go. And uh, any case, pull it off first uh, thing, and the whole thing was just a big argument right from the beginning. You know, they didn't like, you know, the spider crane I put in set. And I said, okay, we're in the middle of a, an arena. What would you have done? Torn down the building and build scaffolding or something? And the seats are on an angle and everything else? Spider crane's the perfect solution. And at 700 bucks an hour, it was, you know, so. And uh, it got into places nothing else could get into. Then they, uh, uh, and they, ordered all this crap up from uh, special places in you know, Toronto, uh, L.A., and, you know, Timbuktu or whatever. And none of this shit was worth the... Half of it got there after the stunt was done, you know, that, that kind of... But they <laughs> kept it. So it was that kind of crew. So when you're dealing with them, you, you can either get pissed off and, you know, tell them what you think or just walk away, do your own thing, and, you know, just let them, you know bullshit uh, their way through it but then they walked away from it and you know it's a big gag it was the gag and yeah uh, they were only going to do part of it they couldn't do the other half of it and uh, i just thought hmm, this is simple keep it simple you know so i drilled some holes put some wire in ran it up his pants threw him out the window he turned around and it worked out perfect 
and his boots were still standing where he got pushed out because I screwed them <laughs> to the floor. <laughs> you can't screw to the floor. Yes, I can. Ooh, Watch this. <laughs> I mean, I've heard some stunt guys say, well, if I, you know, the rigger has done this before because he's a stunt guy, then then we all understand it evenly or something. Or, you know, uh, they know this stunt guy, so they have some trust or something. Yeah, but, yeah. The, but then, it, but, but then the, the squib and the explosion gag comes up and it's not stunts anymore doing it. It's you. Where, where now my trust? Yeah. Where's well, it going? Well, the thing is, that's a good point. So it seems you know, like Randy a, knows squibs and guns. You know, so you talk to him on the same level. If they don't know anything about it, all of a sudden, and I just ran into this where, you know, I said use a half grain dust hit. Uh, you know, cut the clothing, and you don't have to uh, do the re wardrobe. And you know, there's lots of padding there. I mean, you can put it on your forehead and do it. And sure. That kind of thing. But uh, all of a sudden, it's uh, gets misunderstood where I'm shooting them with a Zerk gun or something, and I'm thinking, where'd you come up with that? It, it's them not understanding the... Uh, well, yeah, the, what goes into this process. Yeah. The terminology or yeah. having ever yeah. had But it, at the very least, the yeah. stunt coordinator They may have never had it done something. before. Yeah, because yeah, I think you know what I'm talking about. And if production's there and you're bullshitting them that you know everything, but you don't know what I'm talking about, all of a sudden... I know you're not ill-educated about it, totally. and you should ask, but you're too proud to ask in front of production, and production thinks you walk on water. Well, actually, you don't. You know, I don't know anything about what you do in so much as I'd go and do it, so I'd ask you, you know, you should ask me, and For I'll sure. explain to exactly what it is, and I'll even show you. I, I have no problem with that. But as soon as you start bullshitting, then everyone gets their back up, and it's like, you know, Mm-hmm. Oh well, or or it's past the buck time, you know, like they did with, uh, you know, the gag out the window in uh, uh, Trailer Park Boys. So yeah, it's uh, it's something that like come to me privately. Like I, usually, what I say to a bullshitter like that is, uh, and I have said it actually uh, recently. <laughs> uh, you can bullshit production all you want. I don't care. It's not my business. Just don't bullshit them in front of me, you know, because I'll tell them the truth whether they like it or not, or, you know. Yeah. And then you look dumb, and then you got to come and say, you know, I'm a bad guy or something like that. When in actual fact, I know about effects. I know about guns. And I don't claim to know everything you know. I've seen lots of it done, and I know what's safe, and I know pretty much what's not safe. Like, don't do that. Ask me how I know, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you're honest like that, but they're more into uh, their ego and uh, uh, production thinks they walk on water. In actual fact, what happens is as you get through the show, if uh, as production learns, or, or whether it's the director, DOP, or uh, the PM or anything else, you know, if they worth their salt, they'll figure out that this person was bullshitting them and they can get bigger bang for the buck. If you have someone that's experienced, even if they're more money, they take a lot less time. None of that. You get you get the shot because they know the way around it. You know, Randy and I have done lots of gags where, uh, you know, I've walked away and been totally amazed. And I'm sure he has, too, that we put it together and it was simple, direct and uh, they go off and start talking about, you know, something else. And, and you think, you know, you should uh, uh, 
get a hand for what you did pulled off. Well, they don't recognize that for what it is. You know, I did a gag with. Uh, that uh, happens all the time. Yeah, stunt guy one time where um, I set up a, a button. You know the stunt guy on the drive to blow his wheel, and he crashes into a uh, a, a tree. Right, and pretty simple. You know, tire blows, you steer into the tree. Right. Well, he wasn't uh, comfortable pushing the button. He was comfortable with having a five thousand dollars seat, a neck brace, and a helmet. Right, and. Uh, he says, I got to concentrate and hold the wheel. You push the button. Well, the button's on the wheel. So I ripped that off, took the back seat out, and I'm sitting on a piece of steel, my ass, on a blanket, like a sound blanket, with a battery between my legs when he's driving. And then he tells me when to blow the tire. So boom, I blow the tire. And he goes off the road, hits the tree, and got acid on me. My pants are being eaten. I get up and pour water on them, what? type thing. I get it. And as he gets out of the car, they're all clapping and making a big deal of it. And, I, and I'm looking at myself, and my ass hurts because I sat on, like I was sitting on a bolt, you know, on the bottom <laughs> of the seat, with the battery between my legs to, to hit the thing. And I think, you know, you just got probably thousands and thousands. There's something wrong with this picture. <laughs> that is 100%, <laughs> man. Yeah. Wow. Okay, later we're going to discuss this driver. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know him. <laughs> oh, I bet I do. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... Uh, huh. And, and those things are funny, and it's on the day, he didn't want to do it. Like, we're ready to go. And he's got $10,000 for the neck braces, and he's got the bungee for the helmet and the seat and the roll bar, everything. And I'm thinking... He must not have known what a blown tire might do. Something I've blown enough tires to know yeah. I good good speeds too. Yeah. But you know when you got the experience, I have seen hitting it, a button and I, steering. I guess is. I have seen it. We're in a car chase and they stick the special effects guy with the smoker. Yeah, in, in a, in, under a tarp behind under in the back of a truck. Yeah, and we're all going like this. And yeah. Special effects guy in this truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 no doubt. Yeah. That's so funny. That's funny. But a lot of times you do it to save the shot. You know? 100%. It's no, that's, like, okay, let's get this done. It's a team but, effort. Let's yeah. get the movie made. Yeah. 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 And I like the driver. You know, he's full of shit, but I like him all sure. the time. And he knows <laughs> I know he's full of shit. But he's a good driver. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's a, yeah. Okay. Excellent driver. That's yeah. hilarious. All right, all right. That's probably not the guy I'm thinking then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I threw out my list. No. Oh. So how long have you been doing this now? Uh, since the 70s, so 10 years. Yeah. You good at math? Uh, what's math? <laughs> yeah, totally. I guess I started in 77, 78, something like that. The first time I got into it was like 73. That's when I sort of got in and got right. out and thought, something wrong with these people. Yeah. So the thing that you mentioned Frenchie on, mm -hmm. John, the... Um, what, was that you went out to help with, with guns? Is that what? That yeah, was? guns yeah. and uh, explosions as well. Because he was doing props, guns, and effects. I think. Oh, really? Gary, oh, okay. Yeah, he used to be a props master. So what is now separate departments was sort of yeah. a bit of a compile. Yeah, I think with the shows he was doing. Yeah, that's, yeah I remember that? that now. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. I did a show where I did uh, effects, guns, props, set deck. And something else. Uh, they'd lost $700,000. They had a big name actor and they had to reshoot it type thing. And they came up to me and says, Can you handle these departments? And I said, well, He says, Well, 
we'll give you an executive producer credit. Uh, like I give a shit. So I had a dog named Ezra that would eat anything, and I mean anything. And I said, if you make Ezra the executive producer, I'll do it. And he just there was total silence. He went, what do you mean, your dog? I said, yeah. Well, that's what I want. You want me to do this? You've got to do this for me. So he <laughs> said he would. I'm not so sure about him doing it. But, uh, yeah, sometimes you do the whole thing because, you know, the, the show's going down. Yeah. It was a $2 million show. They lost 700000 Yeah. And said, can we do it? Well, sure. I mean, why not? You know, so, okay. Just shoot it in 10 days. You, know? you and I were, uh, um, speaking of doing guns and stuff, uh, we did Mackie's show. Uh, you were up there doing special effects, and you also handled the, the firearms, and you had your daughter, hmm? Jamie, which who's absolutely fabulous. Don't yeah, she's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stay away from her. Hey, man, I just said she was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not which, even saying <laughs> I used to show her potential boyfriends, like, uh, some footage your, of mine. Your gun cases? As, uh, and say, which part of your body would you least like to lose? <laughs> <laughs> and after a while, they just ignored me. <laughs> yeah, no, but she, she's amazing. Yeah. yeah, she's good. She's fastidious. She talks back. Yeah, well, you probably deserve it. Mm. And she gets it honestly, I'll tell you, yeah, straight up. Yeah, but, now, you know, her confidence and her knowledge her, and the way she controls a crew... Is awesome. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoy oh, working cool. with her. Yeah. The um, but what I was going to say is, uh, um, with regard to guns, um, you're developing something new. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I tell Andrew, it's, I think it's fascinating. Yeah. So, because of all the mm, attitudes to, towards guns and. Uh, blanks, live blanks, even though we've been doing it a million years and everything else. So mm -hmm. uh, I sort of came up with uh, an idea of, uh, and I've been thinking about it for a while, actually, where um, we use a, a light effect in the front of the gun. So think of the end of the barrel kind of thing, whether it's, uh, you know, muzzle brake or si silencer or, you know, whatever the deal is, and also a light that points back. So think of a really hot white light front and back and then a bit of a red and uh, something that flashes real hard and then fades almost like a gunshot but uh, the trick is to because in uh, daylight it doesn't show very well and looks like a flashlight or whatever uh, and at night similar idea but if you uh, use gas or some kind of particles uh, you can actually get what looks like a, uh, muzzle, a, a, muzzle, a flash. muzzle flash. And then you got the backlight. So in the mind's eye, I mean, as long as you're you know, not totally focused on it, if it's particularly if it's a uh, you know, medium shot or uh, a profile and that, you can make it look like actual gunshots. There's no sound to it. There's no... But is this, happen is this happening while someone's pulling the trigger? Yeah. Is that mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So oh, you, have wow. a, you have a momentary uh, uh, trigger. A momentary button behind the trigger so every time they initiate it uh, the slide goes back and forth pumps out the, uh, the gas and the light lights the gas so use a combination of reflective and light absorbing uh, gas like um, uh, uh, you know uh, you could use any kind of sulfate or uh, uh, mm -hmm. most gases are like in green gas for instance are is a propane propellant, and then you have the CO2 thing. So both 
CO2 actually uh, reflects light as well. You can also add water to it that uh, enhances the look, particularly in the daytime, because you've got to see something, right? You'd mentioned a particulate that you yeah, can use? You can use a particulate as well. You know, things like uh, uh, aluminum dust, uh, you know, any, any uh, even tinfoil or whatever, but very minute amounts and in a particular shape. So you'd have, you know, a round flash, let's say, uh, six inches, five inches, and then a, a point. So you'd have a nozzle, you know, made by Brooks or something like that, that you'd punch that out every time the trigger went with the gas that operates the slide, right? And it would extend wow. out, it extends out beyond the barrel, and it's just a light bulb. It's a, a, yeah, it's that's a LED wild. light going yeah. through the particulate. And so yeah. you've done this. Yeah, I've done most of it. Uh, I'm having the prototypes done uh probably next week where, because what I, I did it with uh, larger uh, lights, but what I want to do is get the smallest light possible so I can modify the end of the gun, the barrel, let's say, and uh, okay. use uh, uh, usually either airsoft guns or CO2 guns that have their action already built in. I'll build them in real guns after this, but I want to develop something that can be used by quote prop people uh, okay. to do that. Sure. Yeah, so wow, you can put your hand in front of it, or it's pretty know. neat because you can be right here, um, and then okay. when you pull the trigger, and the muzzle flashes, it also has a light that flashes back onto your face because if you were in darkness, that muzzle flash would light. Yeah, you yeah. Hmm. It's a pretty, it's a pretty neat concept. You show me some videos. Yeah. Pretty neat. And then uh, wow. after that, all because I've. You know, I've got a few guns, right? Um, so what I'm going to do is, after that, uh, modify the real guns. So we have the same system. Use the gas blowback or retarded gas blowback or uh, not so much direct recoil because uh, that's difficult to uh, accomplish with the amount of gas because you get lots of leakage out through the, uh, the slide itself. But then have them chamber into a special barrel I'll build or a receiver so you'd load up your magazine with empty cartridges like let's say nine mil uh, okay. it, it'd function so <clears throat> it'd chamber as the gas blowback uh, goes back and forth it'd chamber the round and as it came out you extract it and you eject the ring so now you have a gun that does the light front and back and as well as the extracting coming the shell yeah. and you have a real gun that's camera friendly uh-huh. You know, they're not going to look inside the gun. So. <clears throat> right. Wow. It's brilliant. It's a great idea. I want to invest in this company now. Yeah. yeah, so all you're saying is that it just, it lacks a little bit of recoil, but other than that, it's basically... Yeah, well, you don't get recoil because there's no Because there's no bullet. boom, yeah. yeah. But you get the recoil from the slide. And uh, uh, so the slide indexing back and forth, mm -hmm. you know, like an airsoft gun. So, you know, it's fairly realistic. I mean, in the rifles, you won't get the same uh, uh, movement because it's just the bolt that's sliding back and forth as opposed to the whole slide. But we, we have to train the actors how to yeah. react to that anyway. Yeah. 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 Wow, man, that sounds wild. Yeah, and well. and less, a lot less expensive. Uh, yeah, I, don't know, I don't know about that now. Well, isn't it less expensive <laughs> because expensive you're not using process. ammunition? You're not using Blanks? ammunition. Yeah, there's no blanks. Hmm. Yeah, um, 
and then the, and you're yeah. not using CGI to put in uh, a whole bunch of muzzle flashes oh, or, yeah. or, or whatever. Or the, or the shell ejecting. Yeah. And the light on someone's face and all that yeah, other yeah. stuff. Yeah, it, it uh, needs some refining. Maybe. But I mean, uh, the first or second generation will be good for, you know, like uh, uh, shooting at circuit, certain angles and then shoot certain light. And then I'll develop it from there. The ejection sure. of the shells and stuff, that's down the road. Because hmm. yeah. uh, that's... Uh, once Everything you got the light time. and the um, the uh, technique uh, down pat, and then you go to the the real thing, so you can get you know unusual guns. You could do a uh, uh, you know uh, a Sten gun or you know uh, a Lewis gun, you know that kind of thing. And the the idea would be to take the real you know frame, uh, take the barrel out, take the guts out. And then actually 3D the parts we need inside so it fits into all Sten guns or it'll fit into all MP5s. So if someone has an MP5 uh, or uh, the other approach would be to uh, not modify the real gun that much but have a piece that modifies it on the outside so mm. it just fits flat. And then... A wire comes down, and then you have a module thing stick in your pocket in your back. So you can operate boom, 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 that gun, take it off, put it on another gun immediately as supposed to, you know, because uh, you have directors that uh, you'll show them 20 guns. They won't like any of them. They'll show you a picture of some gun he likes. So you're getting that gun in to, you know, do that one thing. So having it, you know, modified that you could um, maybe not shoot it this way, but the camera's this way. They don't sure. see any of the modifications, even though it does the same thing. And then the power pack or whatever you have goes in the guy's pocket like a clunker box or you know something like that. Wow. That is actually really yeah, cool. That's crazy, eh? Wow, so, yeah. So, I would like to see this. Me too. Yeah. Well, as soon as I got a build, I'll drop one over and yeah, you can That'd be awesome. It, yeah, I'd love to get downtown. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah, go yeah. downtown there. Yeah, so, I mean, even shows like, uh, you know, John Wick, for instance, uh, you'd uh, uh, modify the, the real guns to, to do that. It'd work great because generally it's low light, so the light's going to come up good and you make it where it uh, um, does everything you want it to do. And in some cases, you may not need the ejection. It may be just, you know, close up, bang, and, you know, moves on. Sure. But if you need that, you know, like a you know, the shot where you're shooting in the, the shells are coming out. It's a little slow mo, and whatever. yeah, I mean John Wick didn't need it in the first one to uh, to sell millions and millions of yeah. tickets, you know. Mm -hmm. But people eventually caught on, and then John Wick too, they added that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I think I think it was John Wick, right? Interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's if, kind of a worthwhile to go down that route, especially with what's know, going on in the world the attitude, today. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I've done a couple shows now that there's no firearms allowed. Yeah, wasn't like, the no real firearms? Wasn't the Schwarzenegger one in Toronto the last one to have any uh, fire uh, any blanks or something like that? I don't uh, know. I, don't know. I think I, it's going to come down to individual shows. Yeah, individual uh, insurance packages. That yeah, but these yeah these but these individual shows all work for the same studio execs no, and all that stuff. No, yeah. I mean I do lots where uh, I just. Did one about two or three months ago. Oh, really? 
director and the producer said, I don't give a shit about that. Get me some blanks in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, blanks real. aren't illegal. So Yeah, they're not illegal. No. Yeah, totally. But most shows uh, don't feel comfortable, you know, because most people don't like guns, period. You know, you ask the average That's person. political, say, mostly. You know, ban them, you know. They're just, yeah. ig they're ignorant and they don't yeah. know. Yeah. But even, you know, if you talk to a pistol shooter, he hates small bore shooters. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's even within this that. world just can't stop complaining is yeah. what it is. You know, nobody's willing to understand anything. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you don't know that. Okay, if you take what it's supposed to be is public safety, it has nothing to do with public safety as far as, you know, the gun laws are concerned because you're actually putting the laws, law-abiding citizens obey, obey them. Uh, I'm going to give you a little secret. Criminals break the law. That's why they're called criminals. So they do okay. criminal things. Interesting. 90% of the guns, well, in the beginning I created Heaven and Earth in a day was so sunshine was like night. <laughs> uh, the uh, Criminals don't care. You know, like, I mean, how are you doing anything for public safety by uh, uh, having law-abiding citizens that already have a license, that have already gone through everything to have what they have. Um, how, how, how is that going to do anything for public safety? You have 90% of the guns that come up from the states, and, you know, it busted a woman in um, Quebec. She was flying uh, guns over with a, a drone and stuff, and she got nailed, and she says, I get $1,500 a month from the government. I'm eating Alpo. I get $5,000 each for one of these guns I bring in. So what would wow. you do? Yeah. So. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. So you got a second. We own drones. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it, man. But I mean. Uh, New project. If you're doing something about public safety, then do something about public safety. Totally. The thing is, the people that, you know, whether it be Trudeau or, you know, his father even, uh, that want to, they just don't like guns, period. They don't like the, the idea that, you know, people have them, even though they follow all the rules to have them. Uh, they uh, can pass as many laws as they want. Uh, the criminals won't abide by those laws. Well, it, seems, it does seem like it's a kind of a international, um, I just had the word, but it's like an international thing now. It doesn't feel like it's just Canada or just Trudeau or whatever. It seems like everyone, even in, in America, they're like, I mean, America's a lot. They got a bigger pile of guns to dissolve, but it kind of feels like they're doing it there too. And they, they want to. Just, yeah, they want. They want to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there should be regulations. There are. They don't have regulations in the states. You know, you can be uh, uh, mentally unstable and go buy yourself a AR-15. I know. I love that's that. why people love the states. If you get it confiscated from you. As soon as you're out, they give your gun back to you. You know, the guy came in from Alaska, uh, totally freaking out, threatening everyone up there. When he landed the plane, they give him his gun back. You know, I mean, okay. You know, depending on what state you're in. But in Canada, I don't, you know, whatever. I'm not the guy who takes down the statistics, but um, it feels like our rules and regulations are working. We don't have well, the, all yeah, these hmm. problems that. No, but they've been working since 1932. Yeah. That's how long we've been having. You know, I know. To, uh, yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, but now they want to, you know they banned, you know handguns, you know from, yeah, changing hands or importing them or anything else. And okay, it 
Has the crime rate gone down? Yeah. Have the bad if guys anything, with handguns turned them right all now. in? No. Yeah, yeah. There's shootings all the time. The thing is, you can't put... Like, politicians, they're not really leaders when they do stuff like that. They find a, uh, uh, a parade, and they get in front of it. And that's what they've done. So everyone hates guns, so do we, and this is what we're doing. If we could just save one person, they don't give a shit that 40,000 people here die and, you know... Uh, other accidents, quote, yeah, you know, drugs or uh, booze or anything else. Uh, put it in the healthcare system. Why would you spend a billion dollars registering hunting rifles in Canada? Well, I don't know. Control. Yeah, control. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. and have a huge bureaucracy. They know how to spend money to make themselves bigger. They, you know, how, how about some public safety or, you know, uh, uh, would you work in McDonald's for? Or dealing drugs and have guns for a hundred times that money. Yeah, the guns and drugs those sound appealing. Speaking of that, Max Effects, that mm-hmm. that that would have a really nice with two golden arches over it. That's right, McDonald's. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Spelled different. It's a little bit. Mick. Max Max Donalds. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Max Max. Just a thought. Yeah, no, it's good. No, no, it's Max Effects. Like that's fucking clever. I do effects, and my name is Max. Like I mean. Where wow. you go from there? It didn't even dawn on me. I know. Well, your stunts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's yeah. wicked. I didn't. I wasn't thinking about that either. But if the you said it, yeah. if the most common and correct me if I'm wrong um, effect is just simple atmosphere, mm-hmm. what is the least common uh, a special effect that is you're called upon to do? Yeah. Well, there's obviously unique builds, you know. You yeah. Know, but, uh, you know, that, you know, are one of a kind. Uh, but generally, uh, we don't get called to fly people a- a- anymore. I sort of turn it down and say, that's stunt, not interested, and get your riggers in, even though I have a parallelogram. On the witch, I flew five naked witches, one of them 80 years old, upside down through the trees, and I had to be underneath her blowing wind. <laughs> What? I don't want to talk about... Just a second. The, the trauma primitive. right now is... Okay. Very primitive birth control. Okay? Okay. That's a, what I'm saying. <laughs> Through the forest. On TV? Through the forest. Oh. You okay. just did. Okay. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> that, that so, kind of stuff's unusual, but, you know, I flew them around. I made a, uh, a fire tornado. And, oh, uh, cool, man. And they flew around it type thing. Won all kinds of awards and stuff. Uh, called, yeah, the witch. I don't know why I should be naming things like that, but um, no, shout out to the witch. I mean, yeah, uh, it got critical success. I've never seen it personally, but yeah, either have I. Yeah, I, mean, I, saw, me I saw it when I was shooting it, and that was good enough for me. Yeah, well, witches don't appeal to me, but now they're 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 naked and flying upside down through the forest through a fiery tornado. Tornado. Yeah, well, yeah. that's kind of. I flew of, them individually. I flew them individually, but. And I had to put them in different positions, and then, you know, they... Uh, you, and you did this with a parallelogram? Yeah. I made my own rails and uh, uh, flew them all over the place. Oh, so okay. I made a broom for one, and then one was upside down, and another one was uh, standing. Uh, other one was laying back, and, you know. There's a so lot I of jokes all, here. Hmm? You're just setting up tons of jokes. Yeah, yeah. You know, laying back and broomsticks and all kinds of shit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there was, uh, 
Well, stuff. They were nice ladies, but they they were real witches, and I didn't realize it's more of a philosophy than you know, right. Sure. Yeah. You know, anything else? Yeah. And uh, actually, they all gave me gifts afterwards, like uh, crystals. No, they're like you know, eye of newt, black dream cat. catchers, and, and there's one bag I still have from years ago. I've never opened it up. This is for you. That's from which thing? I look watch at it. it. Watch Ooh, it. Put that underneath the thing. You look in the bag now. It's probably a I puppy. was going to give it to some stunt guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Oh, I'm willing to see what's it. in this. Yeah. <laughs> in this yeah. Well, she was kind of um, unusual. She actually lived in uh, Mattawa, and uh, hmm. uh, she was a nice, intelligent lady. I don't know that. She'd had a happy life or anything, but mm. uh, there was some people in the town that uh, sort of discriminated against her. I met her. I was drinking beer on the street. This was before the show, and uh, I was in the pub type thing, and she came by and, uh, you know, eyeball fucked me. And uh, I said, yeah, come on over. Like, just out of the blue because everyone was, uh, as soon as she sat down, the locals just stayed away from her type thing. And I thought, oh, this must be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> So, but uh, man, she was, she a was cool the lady. local witch. Yeah, she was uh, the, the local in Mattawa. Yeah, in Mattawa, and uh, it's a nice little town. Yeah, yeah, it and, is. Uh, yeah. I got along with her great, and then when she showed up on set, it was like, "Hey, how you doing?" She trusted me implicitly. Awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, was, uh, That's cool. Local, yeah. And she gave you a puppy in a bag, and you've never taken it. I out. don't know what's in the bag. I just didn't open it. I thought, yeah, some things are best left alone. Uh, it's under my desk, so interesting. Yeah. I'm interested. Yeah, no, call us should have done a bag no, opening. Right open it. Yeah, mm. should have had a bag. Well, it doesn't. Bag yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't smell like a. I could get a stunt bag opener. That's a thought. Oh, that's a thought. That yeah, dressing yeah. one of those uh, bomb guy. What do you call yeah, it, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah I wore one of those outfits one time because uh, uh, the actor uh, uh, chickened out when he saw it, right? And because I did an explosion that. You know, so back as when you wear those, if you talk to the bomb guys, they uh, said, uh, "Oh yeah, they they protect you depending on size of the bomb, but you'll never wipe your ass again because your hands are free, right? They come right, right off." Right? Yeah. But in any case, I get into this <sighs> suit and it's really heavy, and you can't do anything with it. And the first thing uh, the cop that's there does is push me over, and I can't get up, right? Like in a commercial, you know, it's all over. I can't get up. Yeah, they're pretty awkward and hot. Oh, jeez. Yeah, back like one of them turtles. Yeah, I finally got up and put Paul in one, right? <laughs> he complains about everything. It was, like, excellent. <laughs> I pushed him over. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So what are you working on these days right now? Uh, I just finished a thing. Um, uh, I went out east uh, uh Halifax, uh, shoot bird shit at everyone. It was a kind of a trailer park boys uh, thing where it's the trades. Birds get mad at them and dive bomb them and shit on them and they run away type thing and shit all over their cars. So then they came out here to Hamilton to Stalco and, uh, you know, it was supposed to be a, uh, like a, a um, I guess it's a trade school and then they take them out and apprentice them so they needed this big factory and, uh, that looked like where they had to work and stuff. And, of course, the birds arrive again. The pigeons start shitting on them, shit all over their cars. So I did gallons and gallons Gall of pigeon shit on everyone. And it had to be, <laughs> I wouldn't say edible, but my stuff was. Not that you'd want to eat it. 
Right, mine but was it's Memphis. not going to make anybody sick. Yeah. But the art department made uh, their own, and they wanted me to use theirs, and I wouldn't, right? I said, I've already made this stuff up. I don't have time for that. But uh, their stuff stained everything. They had to repaint cars and buildings and everything else. Oh, fuck. Actually, who was it that was just talking about? Oh, Joe, you're talking about his guy that he hired. Did you tell him about the Honda? Yeah. That was seriously funny. Well, we won't tell that story on the podcast then. Anyway, people can wonder now. Uh, Write in, comment. Yeah, so I was doing that, and then I was doing a (laughs) a thing called hmm, Monster something or other. And I guess it's a a large bonfire and then two small fires beside it and uh, has to go all night. So it's uh, eight feet Sounds like a party. Yeah. So uh, it went okay. And, you know, it's kind of a uh, no-brainer. And the the strikes, we kind of talked about this earlier before the podcast, but the strikes, they're just not, they're not really affecting you too much? Not a lot, no. I'm doing, uh, uh, well, Mel actually handles the Hallmark Christmas show. She's doing a couple of them down in Toronto, and then I got a couple of things going up, and then Luke's doing uh, that uh, other show uh, up in Sudbury. Yeah, Sudbury. Yeah. So yeah, I'd like some time off. Like I thought, with the strike, I was saying, okay, get out of my sailboat and oh, wow. relax for a while. But it's but been no. kind of nonstop. So yeah. yeah, well, that that nonstop stuff lends itself to some health issues. Yeah. Sometimes, and you came out and blew up a house trailer on Mayor of Kingstown here, yeah. uh, just a few cities away in, near Brantford. And I was surprised to see you. Yeah, uh, I was surprised to see me too. You, you weren't supposed <laughs> to be there. <laughs> so, yeah. just prior to that, tell us what uh, what you might have gone through. Yeah, I, well, I was on my way to. I'm not a real burden on the healthcare system. But to go to the Cayman Islands to do five films, I had to get a, 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 a fiscal. And uh, I went in, and uh, they kind of freaked out because I couldn't lay on my left side. I had been able to do that for years. And I was a heavy smoker. I even drank once or twice. Mm-hmm. You know? oh, and, I wouldn't uh, have yeah, guessed no. with that beard. In any case, a uh, uh, doctor came in and said, uh, you have to go to the hospital right away. And uh, this is in COVID as well. So, any case, make a long story short, uh, they uh, found that uh, I needed five bypasses. Uh, the Widowmaker, the, out of the aorta, was 99% blocked. Uh, something wrong with the valve, and then four other ones were 95% blocked. So, I was okay there. <laughs> and uh, any case, they opened me up for about eight hours. Yeah, but tell them about the. the, the, the the monitor and inviting everybody over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did this ultrasound for about an hour, and they kept calling people over and, look at this, and, and they'd watch, and uh, nothing had happened for a couple of heartbeats, and all of a sudden, just a squirt had come out, and, you know, I guess that was... Uh, <laughs> it was so plugged, it would go... Psst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, oh they showed God. me. It was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. And they said, yeah, that's the Widowmaker. And I love that name, you know. And um, that's funny. Yeah. And uh, so in any case, the uh, doctor came and said, you got to sign this. Uh, we need to operate. Like now? Yeah. Like Holy within fuck. a couple of days. And he said, and it says there, you know, you, he says there's a 10% chance you won't make it. And you mean I'll die? And I says, yes, yeah, you could die. Type. And I was just fucking with him, right? And 
I said to him, have you done this before? And he was head of surgery at McMaster. And he looked at me and says, uh, yeah, I watched the YouTube. I said, did you watch the whole thing? He says, well, I watched most of it type thing. In any case, you've got to sign here. And I, said, and I said, well, I'm not a, my biggest fear about dying and going to heaven is I won't know anyone. And the, he just fucking busted right up, right? And so, any case, uh, on good. the way into the operating table, I this, this guy and a girl, they're rolling me in and saying, uh, you know, uh, how you feel and everything else. And I'm thinking, what do you mean, how do I feel? You know, I feel like you're getting rolled in. Did you in not see the chart? Up, right? And uh, he <laughs> says, you are, you know, McDonald and everything else. And I said, well, I, I can't tell for sure because I've heard that, you know, people get switched at birth. So I may be actually be someone else type thing. Hey, fucking hell, and I got in there. And after I got it, I was like totally out of it for a few days, right? Uh, eight hours on the operating table. And this one nurse, cute as hell, kept coming up to me and says, do you remember me? And I, uh, uh, then I had to make something up. I said, yeah, you're the one that asked me to marry you type thing. No, you said I had nice tits. And I said, I guess I was out of it and looking at her, you know. So I wasn't, uh, my sensitivity training yeah. probably didn't uh, yeah, come didn't through the anesthetic through. very well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was uh, bizarre. Any case, uh, ended up with a staph infection. The guy next to me died from it and blah, blah, blah. But in case I get out, and I'm in really rough shape. I take 10 steps and I got to rest for two days. You know, it was like... Uh, wow. They, the uh, and hold on, did I get something wrong or you just went in for a physical? Yeah, because I hadn't been to the doctor in 22 years or something. And the last time I went to the doctor... Uh, I booked uh, an appointment, right? And when I got in there, and the doctor says to me, and he's my doctor, and he says, what are you doing here? I said, well, you're my doctor. I thought I'd get a checkup. He says, we had to go in the basement and go through like 22 years of files to find your name all covered in dust. What do you, like, why are you here? And I said, for a checkup, you know, type thing. He says, what are you, kidding? <laughs> he says, you're a real burden on the healthcare system, you know. Jesus. <laughs> So in any case, uh, I get out, and before I went in, I made a promise that I'd blow up this trailer on Mayor of Kingstown, right? And, mm -hmm. uh, and I usually keep my promises, right? So in any case, I'm in bed for about two weeks in rough shape, right? And uh, and I tell you, I, even going to the bathroom was a... He was split open from here to here, and his whole chest opened up. And both my <clears> legs <throat> opened up, right? So in any case, uh, what? they phone me and uh, he keeps phoning me about you know blowing up this trailer. I said you should get someone else, or I'll tell you how to do it, or use my guys, or whatever. He says no, no, you. Okay, so two and a half weeks out of the hospital, or three weeks, I'm not supposed to drive, or you know, you know, uh, do Operate gymnastics stuff. or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, so I said okay, I'll do it to see. I'm not. I can't pick up anything, and I can't walk very far. So you have the guys there, and I just tortured them. They were like, you know, this particular effects company got a lot of work, but you know, like I mean, just not a lot of talent there, you know. Right. And uh, any case, uh, so I when I go to get in the car or my truck type thing, because uh, I'd been going to get my leg looked at from and you know the chest looked at, and. Uh, uh, Mel freaks out at me, you know, uh, saying, you're not supposed to drive, blah, blah, blah. So I guess I get guys over to get all my explosives, and 
uh, all the uh, the mortars there, and this company that hired me uh, send their guys over, right? And they're you know real wussy, so I get the biggest, heaviest mortars I got and point to them, and two of them can barely lift up one. And I tell them I usually take two at a time, one in each hand type thing, and they they don't know any better. So you know, in any case, I get them there. But when I go, I have to put a uh, like a flat pillow on and then two ratchet straps because every time I walk, uh, my uh, chest uh, goes and the wires stick in me because they got like wires holding the uh, bones together. So I guess I get the the truck I get there (laughs) and uh, I get it all rigged and everything else. And uh, I won't get into the backstory about the effects guy they have there. Put it this way, uh, his boss, the director says to him, if you come on set, I'm going to have you arrested. And you, like everything he did looked like a forest fire. Like when it came to smoke, he couldn't do anything. And it was like <laughs> totally bizarre. And this director, you know, with the whip or the lasso, yeah, you know, yeah, he goes yeah. out and practices lassoing and stuff. And uh, he comes up to me and basically I don't give a shit I'm taking handfuls of painkillers right and um, he says is, uh, is this going to be just the usual and I said I don't do just the usual I do the endothermic reticulum or you know some stupid fucking thing I said to him and uh, you were there actually yeah, I was I, uh, standing right there <laughs> yeah. and uh, any case uh, he wants me to come and stand with him at the monitor and I said no I have a bunch of guys here I'm rigging stuff up and uh I'm going to watch them. That's my job, right? You get over here at the monitor. Well, then the, quote, effects guy that they tried to get rid of to replace uh, uh, kept getting on the, uh, stepping on the walkie, and he ends up going there. And then on the walkie, I can hear the director, get the fuck away from me, you know, blah, blah. You're not doing anything. So, anyways, end up blowing up. They loved it. And I told everyone that was going to happen, and it happened just like I said. There's no way. You know, no. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. it was good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fucking boom. And then it took me forever. I just checked to make sure everything went off. Oh, and there was a last-minute glitch where the actor had to go in the door that was all rigged for the explosives. Right, just like, he had to come outside. Yeah, he's going in and out. Can you do that? And type. I said, sure. I just walked in, cut all the wires, and go ahead. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen here. But, I mean, there was so much shit in there that, you know, it would have went in, yeah. Yeah. And they loved it. And uh, then they phoned me afterward to come back and, you know, Jordan, whatever the PM or line producer name was. Oh, yeah. Jordan. You got to, you know, come back and do this. And I'm just thinking to myself, I just hope I can make it to the truck. And on the way back to the truck, I was arrested about five times and sat down on a bench, and I was just going to go to sleep. Then I got back, and my st- oh. my chest still kind of clicks because I didn't let it really heal properly. But like I'd, I'd heard, I know what he's doing. I knew about the operation. And the next thing you know, he's at work. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? But it was a good Jeez, explosion. Man. It was a great explosion. Yeah, as a matter of fact, and, and if I can use the footage on this podcast, I'll put it on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll send you some of the D-Day to Victory stuff. Or look it up on Vimeo under yeah. uh, D-Day to Victory. Yeah, anybody Jeremy can look it up Benny. on Vimeo. Yeah. Jeremy yeah, D-Day Benny. to Victory. Yeah, yeah. Vimeo. If you want, and everything you see there is real. There's nothing special about it. Yeah. yeah. Except one shot. I think it's the 1919 where you see the uh, blanks coming up. They're okay. actual blanks as opposed to all the other guns are real. When you see me shooting the Sten gun, 
just remember I was aiming for the eggs. Shot everything else but the eggs. Because they had a big camera on top, right? Mm-hmm. So. Funny. Now, every every guy getting into uh, the business, you, when you get into uh, stuff like special effects, you think, I'm going to get into some badass shit. You know, and you think, I'm going to get, I'm going to have fun. I get to work in movies. Mm-hmm. I get to blow things up, light things on fire, whatever the hell, you know. Um, do you still get stoked about anything? Or oh, did, yeah. Yeah? Sure. yeah. 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 I mean, not a lot. I mean, and I tell my guys this a lot of times, you know, they'll be hauling ass and they'll be up to their ass and alligators and bugs will be eating them and, you know, it goes on and on. I said, how do you like effects so far? Mm-hmm. <laughs> For There's sure. a lot of things we do that uh, aren't that exciting. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. When you get into the exciting, that's why I let my guys go on the board, push the button. You know, you do that. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you're in IA, it's like you'll be doing smoke for 20 years and until the guy dies and then you can move on. Yes. And, you know, that yes. Kind of so hmm. You never really learn. And that, you don't get talented people that way. I got, and mo- most of the guys that work for me, uh, you know, when they apply for IA, uh, they say, you work for Max? They let them in immediately because they're very well-trained. And well-rounded. Well, yeah. it's like giving a, a kid a, a, a nice guitar versus a piece of shit. It's not very inspiring to pick up a piece of shit. Now I just don't want to be a band member anymore. Uh, you know, I'll just go back to my shitty job. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I appreciate that. That's that's awesome. And people are surprised. I've, you know, you know, we all have prejudice. It was out east, for instance, and this girl could barely do anything I had said. And of course, I think everyone knows what I'm talking about because, you know, you know. I got about half of it today. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. In any case, yeah. she turned out to be because I didn't know how to use her and I had to use local talent. So she had to shoot a, uh, a paintball gun that I'd fill the paintballs with bird shit, right? Or the stuff I was using. And I said, okay, can you hit that wall? And first couple of shots, she almost hiss, missed the wall. After about five minutes, she could hit anything I said and repeated like bang, 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 hit over there, hit the, go inside the window of that truck. Boom, 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 boom. And it was like, Hmm. natural talent like guys that have been shooting zerk guns or whatever Dang. for years could match her and i'd pick different stuff out all over the place and you do this as fast as you can she just go boom 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 boom, boom, good boom. for her and it was like Whoa. so she was a bird shit queen uh for the door right? that's a good nickname yeah. that'd be a good nickname she to have. good credit on film yeah yeah so yeah you, you never know uh uh should sell people short uh you know some people totally prove themselves to be you know not uh um talented in certain ways and other ways uh like i wouldn't trust her to you know you know work on uh, <coughs> uh you know some stuff like yeah construction or anything but hit that thing or push that button and her timing was dead on because she just whatever it was she focused on that and Boom, got it. So, wow. And she knew nothing about effects. So, you know, you run into something like that. That's a, a talent that's worth, uh, or uh, a um, an ability that's worth, uh, uh, you know, promoting and. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And now, most most people, most special effects people I know, are so well versed in so many disciplines: welding, engineering, building, painting. 
whatever. Um, you guys create things that are I absolutely are mind blowing. When you told me about your bird shit concoction, hmm. how the hell do you come up with that? Like, you're not going to go to the internet and say, "How do you make bird no, shit?" No, but over the years, you figure <clears throat> one, it's got to be safe for human, mm-hmm. and generally that means human consumption, or you can eat it. You're not going to die, or if you got it in, you know, your eye or up your nose or in your mouth, that kind of thing. Then you don't want it to damage uh, any of the materials because put a dent in a building or a dent in a car, it's a big problem. So you just, it's a process of elimination and then you get it down to, you know, methicil they put in food, make it as thick as you want. Uh, Kids uh, coloring uh, paint, uh, tempera paint, uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, non-toxic and uh, wipes off the water and stuff. So if you can put that combination together, again, keeping it simple, you know, white, yellow, and methicil, you know, and... uh, Away you go. There's your bird shit. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Wow. So if you can keep it simple, whereas, you know, the production designer wanted to make it, you know, a piece of art. And it's one thing to look at it, and then what does it do? And if you shoot it at 300 feet a second, it dints, and uh, when it dries, it crystallizes with the sugars. And uh, the so, so, and when you mix uh, two things that react to one another, whether it's you know aluminum and steel, and you get corrosion, or you get uh, you know uh, baking soda, sugar, and uh, whatever liquid you're using. Uh, all of a sudden, you have a, a caustic uh, concoction. So you want to make everything. I wouldn't say edible, but certainly uh, uh, even my snow, uh, starch, you can eat it. Because the rats eat it, and the mice eat it, and the birds eat it, and you know, so it's uh, uh, looks oh. good and it works, and mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, environmentally friendly. I'm developing uh, uh, a snow blanket. There's, we don't do anything with uh, Ontario wool, for instance. It just sits in barns. I know a guy that's got fifty tons of it sitting in his barn, right? And uh, they don't uh, do anything with it because it's ten dollars a a pound now so they have to shave the sheep and they put it away and blah 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 well i'm working on a deal where uh, this old mill open up if i get enough and make snow blankets for me so snow blankets are biodegradable not only that after you use them because uh, the polyester goes in the dump and biodegrades in 700 years right and we <laughs> use like lots of it you know so yeah I, we, we used it the other night yeah so with the wool, what you can do as well, and I'm talking to a guy now, um, so I use it as a blanket, whether I can reconstitute it or not. It is biodegradable. Then I thought, well, just letting it rot's no good. But what they're doing now, because uh, they're kind of desperate to get rid of uh, those hundreds or thousands of tons around sitting in you know, barns or warehouses, is to make it into pellets. So you can uh, inoculate the pellets with a, if you want, like uh, urea, uh, or uh, just leave them as pellets. Because when they biodegrade, they have all kinds of uh, essential minerals in them that can be biodegrade, uh, you know, in six months or your growing season. So you can spread it as a, a fertilizer. Wow. So, and if Interesting. you inoculate it, then it's easy to distribute, biodegradable, and it can release. Uh, Instead of using clays and stuff, you can use them as uh, 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 time-released uh, um, uh, fertilizer. 
Jeez, man. That well, had nothing to do with special effects. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, it is and not. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm kidding. It's, you know, yeah, but, the yeah. snow blanket that's biodegradable. No, that's that's and awesome. Environmentally friendly. Yeah. The other thing is you're capturing a lot of carbon as well, as opposed to making, you know, the uh, oil-based uh, uh, Dacron and shit right. like that. Stuff we use now. Yeah. Well, it's got to say something. I mean, when it, if you look back uh, many, many years in film, let's say, and you are that guy just picking up a camera and trying to put together a crew, you're the kind of guy that somebody would just walk up to and say, we need you to do our effects because you tinker with shit and create shit and whatever. So you think I'm a shit squeezer? I you know, tinker. sound like it. Oh, tinker. Okay. Tinker. <laughs> shit tinker. Shit tinker. You never heard of that one. <laughs> I don't know. There's a t-shirt shit coming. Uh, I don't Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A mug. Oh, <laughs> right underneath the logo there. Shit tinker. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, and I'm, you know, I, I imagine that the first few stunt guys were just guys that like to get into yeah, shit cowboys and just fuck around. Jump off a horse. And, yeah, just want to get rowdy, you know, whatever. Hmm. Nowadays, it's like parkour. They don't. It's not. It's not the falling down yeah. and, the, and the getting messy thing. It's latte in the car. Well, in the I imagine it's similar though in your business that you know you want a guy. I think it's like to me, you're like the 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 guy that we'd go to if we needed that. Rather than the guy that came to us because he's interested. Yeah, uh, I don't know how to answer that one. Um, I don't even know. If I, I don't even know question. if it was a question. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, new guys. Uh, you know, they come in. Uh, do you look for somebody like that? Somebody who just fucks around with shit, and likes to likes uh, to. That's where their interest yeah, lies. Yes more and than no. I think movies. Uh, you do that. You know, if you're desperate for people, you know, you'd take that. But if you're really looking for someone. You're looking for someone that'll stick with it and learn as they go along and uh, have the right attitude, I guess. It's, it's not getting a, a cowboy in and let's do boom, 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 boom. Right. You know, it's the smoke is as important as anything else and caring about, you know, what the DOP wants uh, or, uh, uh, you know, working with others and, you know, having the ability to uh, be flexible. You don't have to be an expert in everything, and I don't expect that. Right. What I do expect is you do the best job you can with what you have. But that curiosity mm. does help, right? Oh, good I time. mean, somebody who's really interested in what's but going on. But you just got to watch sort of the. And some of the cowboys do okay because they sell that idea that, uh, you know, uh, we're living on the edge. We're not taking up too much room kind of shit. Well, okay. Okay, yeah. sure. Yeah, but can you come through with what you say? You know? Right. You know? And in certain cases, they do because the qualifications aren't that great. But when they comes right down to it, and you watch them do something that's uh, uh, they should ask advice for, and it's kind of beyond their abilities, mm -hmm. but they go ahead and do it anyhow. That's usually when the accidents happen or the mishaps or it's someone else's fault, and, you know, that kind of crap. Where it should be yeah. pretty simple. It's a step by step process, and if you don't know, ask. You know, it's that simple. Yeah. And that's what always uh, amazes me is that uh, someone will try and make something uh, of uh, uh, effect or a stunt that it's been done before and it has to be, and there's a reason it was done that way, you know, whether it be safety or it works, you know. The other, it doesn't work and, you know, it's, uh, and it's not worth taking the chance, you know, like... Uh, 
if you're playing the percentages, I mean, there's always a percentage where it doesn't work or there's an injury or, you know, whatever it is. But you want the longest odds possible. Things don't happen in numerical order, but you can certainly cover all your bases, you know, to make it a million to one, not a thousand to one, you know, that kind of thing. Interesting. Has have things like uh, I'm, uh, CGI taken away any job from you? Oh yeah, tons for sure, right? Yeah. And and a lot of times uh, uh, depends on the type of show it is, and if they have the money for CGI, and you know, I, I remember when gunshots first came out, and the guy said, "I could do uh, a thousand gunshots for a dollar," and I said, "I'll take a million of them," you know. Yeah. Go ahead. You know. You may think it's a dollar, but when it comes right down to it, it's not. And the thing you lose with uh, the CG that uh, makes it look somewhat cartoonish is you don't have the little nuances. You know, when I pull the trigger, there's a, a facial expression on you, you, and myself. A and the camera sees all that. Absolutely. You don't notice it, or you may not notice, or you may think, man, there's something wrong with that. You know, like, I mean, if, did, in your mind's eye, you don't think, you know, it's, you know, the, the CGI gunshot. And sometimes it's worked because, you know, suspension of disbelief, you're looking at something else and that's the gunshot and everything else. Yeah, you're but right, But you con sure. concentrate on that and all of a sudden, you know, there's something not right. And at some point in mm. a lot of this, something isn't right. And kind of spoils, you know, it's like when you, you know, the scariest film I ever saw in my life was Day of the Triffids when I was a kid. I went to the, uh, the theater and it was like just terrifying. You know, I watched it couple of years back and I thought this is the worst piece of shit I've ever seen you know? but back then it sold for what what it was you know now it's like oh it's that bad you know something like Jurassic Park though is still yeah. rather impressive sure like beyond what the new Jurassic Parks yeah the, the first one was a killer yeah but you also have to look at the the fact that uh uh CG and, you know, AI now and everything else has its place. And there's, you know, I don't think it replaces everything. And uh, especially the interactor interaction with actors and people, uh, that's tough to do. Some people can really sell it. If you're a great actor, you look on a green screen, you can do that. And then they... Yeah, those Star movies Wars. always blow. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I Maybe mean... Maybe that big dragon. Yeah. 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 But uh, I don't know whether it's... Like, they don't shoot film anymore, but they still want the haze for it to look like film, you know, when they do Yeah, that. so they put that in in post. Yeah. 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 Motion blur and yeah. so, grainy. You know, I mean, kind there's of a, about that there's a place for it, and, you know, that level will be found, but there'll still be, you know, the low budget want to make a film about, you know, uh, whether it's zompires or, you know, their life or whatever it is, and they'll go for the real deal, you know, so... I'm not that worried about it, and you know I'm doing a show now where mm, uh, there's such. Uh, I don't know the best, nicest way of putting it is uh, they're they don't know uh, the difference, and they wouldn't appreciate the difference. So, and they don't have the money, but go CGI. I couldn't care less. You don't want a bullet hit fine with me i don't want to do one for you because it'll be a fucking nightmare and i'll be explaining true know, the square root of negative one to you for days and you know it's just not worth it and i can hold it in my hand and mm. it can go off and you'll make me go through total hell 
putting it on someone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. Who needs that shit? I want to appreciate it when it's done. Yeah. And I'm at the point where <clears throat> I'm not saying I don't care, but I don't give a shit, you know, that, yeah. that, that you know, they've gone down a path where, uh, you know, the pendulum swung a long way one way and uh, they think they're right. And okay, you know, I don't know that you are. And my pendulum's way over there, you know, so, you know. And I can go either way, and I don't want you stunt guys to take that the wrong way, okay? Because I know what you're like. Yeah, that's how that I'm thinking. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And um, so a lot of times it doesn't uh, make that big of a difference to me. If I don't do it, that's fine. I know how to do it, and I can do it 10 times better than with the CG. Not only that, everyone that gets hit or does this or does that with the real effects. There's a uh, interaction with people and uh, the camera that uh, they're never going to. Yeah, I agree with that so much, man. I loved what he said about the interaction with the handgun. Yeah. If I fire my handgun here, you'll look on your face. Intuitively, the audience is picking up that. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, uh, that's how they, that's how marketing is done and all that, is playing off these things that you don't mm-hmm. understand because it's subliminal. Yeah, you but know, so I, I'm with you. Yeah. But, you know, in any advertisement or mm, anyone that has an agenda, uh, they're playing to that. Uh, I'm not saying they're smarter than us, but they know that fucks with you and totally. they can do uh, this and that you'll react it this way and everything. So yeah. I don't know the uh, the next generation will be that woke to that kind of stuff, you know. Like I think uh, they'll realize. Let's I hope mean, so. Yeah, they'll, they'll get smart enough as they get older that uh, that won't be like if I get told something, you know, through advertising or uh, for uh, the purpose they want me to, you know, uh, I'm always questioning that, and not in a negative way, but certainly. Is that, is that really true, or do I really like that? You're telling me what I like, you know, or how I should smell, or how I should look at something. Well, you know, sometimes it's worth uh, being a little more uh, uh, subjective and saying, you yeah, know, uh, exploring. Uh, yeah, I don't options. like that. You know, it's like the day of the trip is one time scared the shit out of me, and now I look at it and I appreciate what they've done because they did some like. When one of the trees were moving, I could see the guys underneath picking it up and going like this. <laughs> so it was like, you know, normally you wouldn't see that when you're a kid or something. But you know, it's uh, uh, but they went a long way to, you know, yeah, you know, condition it. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Or I just watched Spartacus, Spartacus the other day, and you know, I, I watched it years ago. I guess they've corrected it, but you know, when they ride up type thing and Willem Dafoe's in it and you know that kind of thing. And you can see rich rich watches on two of them, you know. It's like actors. So that I would never know that unless I read it, and I looked for it now only because I'm in the film industry. Right. You know that. That's funny. Yeah. You know how people react and where the money goes. I did a thing called "Never Ever Do This at Home," and we did some amazing effects on that. You should look that one up. I'll send you some tapes or some crazy shit in that, and. it was a huge success. And then the next year, Spike TV came in. They had their lawyers there. And they called me into the meeting. And they said, uh, this is too violent. Too violent. Never do this at home. You know, like, they wanted to move a piano from the third floor to the first floor. 
So I took deck cord and I blew out uh, the floor and the piano came down. Then the guy walked up and started playing and all the dust coming down. That kind of thing. It was way too violent. I said, it's you funny. show MMA people beating the shit and trying to kill each other every day. Totally. This is too violent? Yeah. Because, yeah, we want it more like, let's say you get up in the morning and you go into the shower and coffee comes out of the shower. So you have your coffee for the morning thing. I said, that's the stupidest yeah, fucking thing I ever Yeah, you scold the guy. He says, you can't talk to me like that. And I said, well, it's a little late. I already did, you know. Like, So apparently I didn't get along with him that well. Um, but, I mean, he had ideas like that, so they canceled the show. Or they started it, and then I guess someone looked at it and said, get this piece of shit out of here. But the first reason, like, everyone, everyone I talked to, oh, you did that show? That's amazing, you know. You blew up a house with propane. We love that. You yeah, know? but doesn't anyone understand that if someone does do that at home after you've told them not to, that if they blow up, the world might be better off that they're gone. Yeah, you're getting into the Darwin theory now. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, well, I unless mean, he blows up his mom and his cousin and everyone yeah, else. But. I, I mean, I always thought, you know, Darwin had a point, you know, so, but... To some degree, I mean, yeah, I that's the are, thing. These are the people with the money that finance it. and uh, I know. They, I'd love to talk to somebody who, who bends to all this stuff and ask them why. Well, the thing is, once you get into the corporate world, you got, you know, what's his name? Kisses his ass and kisses her ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That ass yeah. and whatever you say, three bags full. Yeah, no, that's, it's but true. And they, it's, know, they know better than all of us. Apparently. I mean, you know what? They might. I don't know. They might have all these statistics and shit that well, we just. Don't I certainly don't watch know. it anymore. So. No. Uh, yeah. So Max, some kid sitting at home wanting to be a special effects expert. Mm-hmm. Uh, wants to work for you. Wants to work in movies, doing special effects. Any advice? Uh, yeah, I think uh, you know, uh, get into it with anything you can do in film, and you know whether it's volunteering or you know being a PA and. You know, watching what goes down, see if you, you know, like to hurry up and wait, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, uh, and if it suits you, then... then like, yeah, it takes a temperament. Uh, yeah. there's, there's a particular temperament. Uh, the hours that you guys work, some of the things that you yeah. have to do. and I like what you said earlier, too, that you just, you don't have to know everything. No. it's You have to be curious and interested and you want to get into it and you have to, I don't know, whatever, but... You don't got to know everything. Like, trust the, trust the system a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. Know? I mean, the system is what it is. I mean, we have to adapt to it. Uh, they have to adapt to it as well. And as far as uh, getting a chance in, uh, uh, you know, whether you're doing special effects or stunts or whatever, I'd get into the independent, non-union stuff, uh, get your feet wet, and uh, see what you like. You know, once you get into the union, you're kind of stuck in a, uh, whatever their politics are, whether it's stunts or effects or mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. union itself. And if you want to go somewhere, you're better off doing uh, the indie thing. And uh, Well, you get to do a little of everything. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to the big show where you're going to get stuck with smoke in the corner. Yeah, that's right? a good idea. Or, or go get me a coffee. Or yeah. Move that mat. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and the other thing is, uh, I, I tell my guys, and you know, a lot of them realize it, and that's why, you know, they're accepted in the union in a heartbeat is that uh, they know a little bit about everything. It's not like they're raw going in. If you, you know, I was just talking to uh, one of the guys that 
young guy that worked for me and got into an <coughs> IA, and they couldn't figure out uh, this uh, particular gag, and he figured it out in about five minutes, and they said, will that work? You know, and these guys have been there for years. He said, yeah, we do it all the time. He says, yeah, but can you do it on your phone? He says, that's how we do it, you know. And he showed them, and you know, all of a sudden they went and bragged about what they, they found out, you know. So, and this guy came out through Indie World, you know, with mm -hmm. me, because I do a lot of Indies. And uh, there's one, two, three. There's nine or ten guys that have come through my organization that are now uh, in IA that... Uh, they're not just called as uh, bodies. They're called to do something, you know, so. Awesome. That's, wow. That's a good feeling, man. Yeah. And it's because they have a bit of knowledge of everything, and they know their shit, and they're not afraid to, uh, you know, uh, adapt their shit to whatever their protocol is. You know, they said, yeah, you want to do it that way, go ahead. You know, it's like, you know, the uh, effects brothers, uh, you know, this, this is going to take two weeks. This is actually, we could do it in two hours and then to show you, and then you can refine it any way you want after that to, you know, present it to production. And sure enough, because they came to the phone me and said, can you loan us this, that, and the other? And I said, sure. And then two hours, they did the gag, you know, the thing went through the, uh, uh, the studio, uh, picked up what it had to and then kept going like, you know, uh, you know, big arm pulled it through and, you know, bungee. Another one was uh, a gag with a, uh, a steel uh, bathtub, had to go up two floors through a door and into the bathroom because they couldn't get through the room. And I rigged, uh, you know, a big jump bungee up and through and out to a truck. So you can't do that. How's the truck driving and tree quick release go like this landed exactly where it is took out the entire door but that was the gag right yeah and right landed there you know so sweet yeah. <laughs> that's good so i mean sometimes you can do stuff that's you know dick simple and uh people overthink it you know especially if they're getting paid to overthink it and it's two weeks you know when i was in morocco you know it was uh they didn't know how to do something it was a guy from the states lee who was a good pyro guy, never wanted to be on set though. And uh, I said, uh, let's just, you and I do this because obviously this other uh, democracy doesn't work. And uh, two of us did what they thought it'd take 16 guys uh, uh, two weeks. We did it in two days and it went off perfect. So. And then they rebuilt it all with 700 uh, laborers and then we got it down to where we could put it together one day, and they'd shoot it the next. Did it seven times that way. So, and they spent $700,000 just cleaning the area because they were using a um, brand new technology. I think it was like $7 million a camera, and it was 3D. And I had to look through it. They let me look through it. And uh, at 100 yards away, you could see the hair on someone's nose. It was like just the weirdest thing. But they had to keep all the mirrors. Uh, totally spotless they had like four or five air conditions around each one it had to be at a certain temperature and we had dust storms every day so they kind of said you know like what are you gonna do but 
Yeah. Wow. But it was uh, interesting way to shoot. Different environment. Yeah, it was yeah. A, a weird camera. Yeah. It's but, cool they got to let you that you that you they let you look through it all. Yeah, That's they wouldn't really let nice. uh, anyone else, but uh, all the guys kind of listened to me because uh, uh, the uh, the workers that is because they kind of like what I do and type thing and I'd had them and their families in at night to take pictures of them with a gun. You know, I had grandma shooting machine guns. and you know, That's always yeah. fun for a family photo. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially <laughs> there, right? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, uh, I sort of got along with them, and then the camera guys had a real problem uh, keeping <clears throat> temperature control, right? And the guy that was watching me was, uh, uh, what the fuck was his name? In any case, a government official, let's say. And they couldn't get air conditioners, and uh, I just asked him. He got all the air conditioners they wanted. Really? Wow. Immediately. <laughs> You're the go-to guy for everything. Oh, he was. Oh, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. That's cool. <laughs> so uh, they sort of uh, were okay with me. They actually let me sit next to the camera. And the one guy, I was yelling for a fire extinguisher, and he comes and says to me, can't be louder that loud around the camera. What the fuck are you talking about? The camera's listening to me? Get the fuck out of here. He was dead serious. He was like one of these uh -huh. weird camera freaks, right? And uh, the other guys just laughed, uh, you know, but <laughs> I can't wait to use Great. that line at work. Hmm. What's that? You can't be that loud. Can't don't be that yeah. loud yeah, around yeah, the yeah. camera. <laughs> it was like this. <laughs> Shh, the camera. It's awesome. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was a interesting time. Well, Max, we're slowly going to just sort of round this all up. Okay. I'm wondering if you felt like signing our table. I guess I could. Can I print? You, man. Don't do any math. You can, you pick, can pick, do what pick, you want wherever pick, you pick want. Pick a place that's nice and clean. This is nice and clean. Copy that. Just like my mind. Uh, absolutely. There's a little emptiness there. There's that scratch. Yeah, there it is for all the annoyed Spotify listeners or Apple Music or iHeart or Google or... Don't listen to all. There. <laughs> Everywhere you get your podcasts. That's right. for the good times well I'm glad it was a good Thanks time for the good times little girls whoa oh man <clears throat> I love it everybody <laughs> listening to this should meet you someday um, yeah yeah man agreed Max thank you very much oh you're welcome bud yeah it was uh, awesome pleasure. having you here you know the man drove four hours to be here right? really actually five close to five. Oh well then that's nothing yeah wow I'll yeah. come again when I can't stay so long <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate it, Max. This is awesome, brother. You're a fucking wealth of knowledge, man. Holy shit. Don't get me drinking. A few well, beers. We should have. Look out. Whoa. Have. Next time. Yeah. None of that. I'd behave myself. <laughs> Did you? Oh, fuck yeah. Man, we got to have you back. Yeah. That's incredible. I go into restaurants, or I don't go to that many anymore because. Uh, uh, they all hate you. No. They always say, I remember you. Ah, yeah. of course. <laughs> well, even today, I, I was really nice to her. Yes, you were. She's going to miss me when I'm gone. Yes, she is. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
This one of the ladies down with the badge. Yeah, he's quite a character. <laughs> what you got to look at these baby blues? There's a putty in my hand. I said that to Even a I producer one time. This was the bitch from hell. And I said, uh, and she was sitting right beside me, and I knew I was in trouble anyhow. And uh, a guy came up and asked me something, and I knew he'd asked her, and I was going to tell him to. And uh, I said, listen, it was about blowing this tire, right? And with 3,000 pounds of air, like, I mean, I mean, blowing a tire. And I said, listen, I'll talk to her. She has one look at these baby blues. Type, and she's sitting right there, and she's just waiting to, you know, uh, rip my throat out. Right? And, uh, she did. Uh, and then she agreed to it. And then I said, see? <laughs> so it went uphill from there. That's mm. awesome. Right on, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't one know. of those hills. It's a perspective thing. Yeah. But uh, I took her out drinking, and uh, she oh, turned into a totally different person. I just fucking howled, you know, and uh, I guess she hadn't been laid in five minutes or something, and uh, she was uh, there we go. a whole different person. Wow. Fucking A. For the rest of the movie or just outside? You know what I no, mean? No, forever. Oh. Like, I still hear from her. No shit. Whoa, that's another changed, podcast. Uh, yeah, he changed the girl's <coughs> ways. <laughs> I'll kill you, you cocksucker. <laughs> well, there's part of that that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, that is funny. All right. All right. We're going to close it off. Okay. Thanks, Max. Okay. Remember, Cheers, man. again, your imagination is the flywheel in the ransackled machine or the awful truth. It's going to be a test later. We're both going okay. to fail. Fuck. Uh, I like to keep it simple, stupid, but whatever. Oh, that's yeah. cool. And me? Oh, it's We're nice just getting those off. Oh. Cut it, D. <laughs>